Knockback is brought to you by thousands of supporters on Patreon at patreon.com slash Stand. If you want to show your support for Knockback, as well as CLS's PlayStation podcast Sacred Symbols, the eclectic interview series Fireside Chats, and the YouTube gaming series SideQuest, please consider going to Patreon and pledging for a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you. Your Patreon support doesn't only ensure that CLS continues to produce the content you love, like Knockback, but you can get cool perks too, depending on your level of support. You can get early access to each episode of Fireside Chats, Sacred Symbols, and Knockback, totally ad-free. You can vote for show topics and provide feedback to be read on air. You can listen to exclusive podcasts only available to patrons, and much more. Your support is essential if Colin's Last Stand is to continue well into the future, so please consider showing some love. Again, that's patreon.com slash Stand. Thank you for your kindness, generosity, and support. Without you, CLS wouldn't exist. But enough of that. On to the show. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to Knockback. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined as always by my brother, Dagan Moriarty. Can't wait to dive into this topic with you, Kyle. Whoa. I'm drowning in excitement. Oh, I don't know. Get ready. I'm changing this the topic. This is going to be a real sink or swim situation. No. <laughs> this isn't no, I'm changing the topic on the fly. We're going to do something we're totally unprepared for. <laughs> As all of you know, Knockback is a retro and nostalgia podcast I do with my brother every week. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand for early ad-free access to every episode of the show, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas to our show, exclusive podcasts, and more. We appreciate that. If you'd rather use free feeds, that's okay, too. Please leave us nice reviews. Tell us your friends and family about us. As we find new audiences, we'd much appreciate it. As Dagan's terrible jokes already alluded to, we're doing our show this week on... The swimming pool, the pool, our times and our memories and all of this, our nostalgia about being at the pool as a kid, as a youth, as a teenager. And of course, we solicited your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts and ideas. Like I just said on Patreon, we're going to intersperse those through our show as well. We have a lot of memories and thoughts about all of this. But before we get into it for this wave seven of knockback, this is actually the last episode of wave seven. We're going to be doing our special segment. So Dagan, take it away. Okay, my friend. So as you guys probably know by now. This opening segment of Wave 7 of Knockback is called Win, Lose, and Draw. It's a little bit of Pictionary for you guys. And Colin's going to choose a topic from this bowl on these little folded pieces of paper. He'll choose a topic. It's a broad topic. He'll choose something to draw from that topic. He won't tell me what it is. He has his little Sharpie and his little typing paper over there. He'll have a minute to draw his thing. And then I have one guess to guess what it is. And... One lucky winner, Carl, as you know, mm. a Patreon supporter. Mm. Their names are sh- on shredded piece of paper in this bowl. We're going to choose one name, lucky winner out of the bowl, and they are going to win the drawing. We are going to send it in the mail to you guys. Carl, who's today's lucky winner? Today's lucky winner is Night Draft. I don't know what that uh, Night Draft. Hey, nice. I don't know if that's your real name. It could be. Nice handle. Yeah, it's a good handle. Or a name. It could be your name. It could be the name your parents gave you. Night Draft is the lucky winner or loser, depending on your perspective. And now we choose the top. Okay, my friend. So hand me that bowl. Hand you the pink bowl. I just want to see something, Kyle. I want to okay. see how many are left in here. Because I know there's some fun ones in here. There's about eight left Well, we can do so. it again next segment, you know. So, we could. Or next uh, wait. We may bring this bring this back yeah, at we'll some point. Yeah, we'll see. You know, by popular demand. Colin's now choosing his topic. It's a broad-ranging topic. This one seems like it might be a long one. Let's yeah? see. Yeah? Let me see. see. I don't remember what these are. Draw an object typically found in a kitchen times two. 
Two objects found in the kitchen. This is easy enough. Okay. I can. I think I can handle this. All right. So let me grab my piece of paper. Piece of paper and your Sharpay. Okay. Not your Sharpay. Whoa. Don't, don't grab your Sharpie. All right. All right. Oh, and let I me take a little my... sniff. Okay. All right. Now you're a little high, and then we're good to go. <laughs> All right. So I'm ready when you are. All right. And Colin, you may begin. All right. Minute on the clock. Colin's gonna don his magical Sharpie. Oh, now I'm thinking about picture pages with Bill Cosby. Remember that? Not that Bill Cosby somehow. I don't know if we can talk about Bill Cosby picture anymore. Picture pages, picture pages, time to get your picture pages. Try, oh, time to get your crayons and your pencils. I don't picture remember this. What is this from? This was, where did they air it? Did they show it eventually on Pinwheel? Did they show it on Sesame Street? Where did they show picture pages? It was like a little segment, a little live action segment. Bill Cosby would come out with a marker. He called it Ichabod marker, and he'd have to draw something. Now I want to watch picture pages. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Oh, wow. That was all right. You had about 15 seconds left. Colin had to draw two objects typically found in the kitchen. Oh, I could see through your piece of paper. These right. are excellent drawings. You have a knife. Yes. And a spatula. Yes. Well, well done, my friend. Now, these are tiny pictures that I've drawn here, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sign it. You could do whatever the hell you Real want. Real big. There you go. There you go. Wow. And night draft, was it? Night draft. Here, let me hand you these so we can keep them all Please. filed away appropriately. Lucky winner of the last episode of this wave. Congratulations. Well done. I have enjoyed that segment very much. I'm glad. And I okay. think the audience has too. Now, by the time we're recording this, only one episode of this wave had gone up already, which is, what was it? Karate Kid Trilogy. Karate Kid, right. The Karate Kid Trilogy. And we've gotten feedback on Patreon that people are laughing at these and like this. And obviously... <laughs> Dagan has, is going to tweet out the pictures of them as we go. Yeah. So my suspicion is this is going to be a popular thing. I hope so. That'll be fun. That I'm people glad are you had that. a good time with it. And I have to say, Kyle, I have to commend you. You did a really good job. I did the best I could. You really did. I really, that really is, when you see these pictures, this really is the best that I could do. Did you, were you nine, nine for nine? I guessed everything, right? I think so. I think you, you guessed You drew everything it, yeah. Well enough for me to guess it, no problem. I think the best picture that I drew overall was the helicopter. Oh, I disagree. I think it was Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, you like Jesus Christ? Yeah, the helicopter was really well done, though. That's a technical that you that had the most technical prowess. Oh, you know what? You didn't get one. I I drew Buckethead. Oh, that's right. And slash and slash as a bonus drawing. Right, but we you know it's hard for me to draw people. Buckethead. I mean, I don't know what I was really thinking with that. But it like I, a I loaf still, of bread on his head. I still, it looked like he had a purse on his head is what it looked like. <laughs> it did look like a purse. But I just don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I would have drawn anyone else. Like, how who I had to have drawn someone. With that icon. Right. Like, associated with. He was because it was a living legend, you know, some sort of living celebrity. I just keep thinking Bucket. Every time I hear Buckethead, I think of Kentucky Fried Chicken and Colonel Sanders anyway. So maybe just drawing the striped bucket, like yeah. the old man with the striped bucket. That's true. Could have. That's true because with. it's not a real bucket on his head. It's a chicken bucket yes. from KFC on his head. Yeah. So, so I that is true. Of, oh, now I want some KFC. When's what? the last time you ate KFC? Ooh. Not a probably. Fan? There was a KFC in my neighborhood in San Francisco, a KFC okay. Taco Bell. Oh, and I remember moving right. into this neighborhood, and that was I was like so amped that this was in my neighborhood, and then I ate there like the first night I was there in 2010, and never ate there again. No KFC. It's, it's just. This is what. Oh no, Chris and I were talking about this on Sacred Symbols. Okay. There are certain fast food restaurants that yeah. are re- that I like. KFC is like one of them. Yeah, right? Taco Bell is another one of them. Burger King is like really the epitome of this, what I'm about to say. Okay. Where I like Burger King. I, I think the Whopper is like a fantastic sandwich. I agree. But I like it's it. really hard to find a good Burger King. 
And it's really hard to find a good KFC. All the KFCs in the Bay Area when I lived up there were gross. Really? You know, and that ruins it for me. Like, yeah, it yeah, has yeah. to be. So Burger King, like I remember when I lived in New Hampshire, there was a really good Burger King. And I used to go there all the time. But I've not found like a decent Burger King since then. And you so know, it turns really, me off from going there. That's really funny. You're absolutely correct. I don't know if I ever thought about it before. Burger King, even though it's a franchise restaurant, it's supposed to be the same everywhere. You, For some reason, that food could widely vary from restaurant to restaurant, which is not a thing with, for instance, McDonald's. No, right? McDonald's is very consistent. Pretty consistent. Yeah. That is true, which is why I think McDonald's dominates so much. And, you know, there are certain restaurants like Chick-fil-A and Five Guys that I find really consistent. But that's not a huge surprise because those are privately held companies in and outs the same way. Yeah, there's one bad Chick-fil-A. I'll warn everyone. There's one bad Chick-fil-A. Where is it's it? the one at UCLA. It's bad. Chick-fil-A. Oh, interesting. Because in now a lot of Chick-fil-A's are getting a little stingy now, too. I don't know if you've noticed this. At least this is happening on the West Coast. You remember I know one of the say. highlights of going to Chick-fil-A, down, especially down south, was you had this real this array of sauces and you can get they have the good ketchups like the bins of ketchup and they yeah. have the good mayonnaise. Although I found out they put mustard in their mayonnaise, which was a, like really horrifying. That is but their mayonnaise is so good that I actually let it's it delish. go. So, you know, remember, you remember you used to just go and take whatever you want. Yes. You could take 20 mayonnaise packages if you want. Absolutely. And now you have to go ask them. You know, at least the ones I go to. And then they give you like one or two. I'm like, two mayonnaise packages? Are you out of your fucking mind? I got eight chicken sandwiches. Not only that, but I need like two or three per sandwich. Oh, Plus, I have the waffle fries. Now, let me give you a little tip. Okay, please. About Chick-fil-A that I discovered. The waffle fries don't constitute for very long. If you're not eating them no, there, they're they not don't. very good. But they don't. They're now serving potato chips at Chick-fil-A. You told me about this. And it's very exciting. So apparently the chips used to only be available when they would do catering. Okay. And now they're available as a substitution for the French fries. And I've been doing that. And they're fantastic. And you can just dip them right in mayonnaise. I got to try that. But they're just chips, essentially. They're like chips cut like waffle, like waffle fries. But like they're. Yeah, but they're not. The waffles aren't as big. It's like smaller grid. Okay. 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 Very good. I Very saw good. them on the menu and I thought of you. I said, oh, yeah, Colin was just talking about this. Yeah, they're good because nothing's better than the chicken sandwich. I mean, they're just no. the number one chicken sandwich. So no pickles. Good. No Classic pickles. chicken sandwich. The pickle no, thing weirds me out. I don't want the pickles on the I sandwich. I don't want the pickles on the sandwich either. But the butter, obviously, you want it slathered in the butter. I appreciate the creativity of the pickle. It's it, a little something yeah. different. Yeah, because. Ch- but I don't want to eat it. Because eating pickles, whether it's bread or bread and butter. I love bread and butter pickles. These aren't bread and butter pickles. I think they're dill pickles, but. There is something in the South about eating pickles with chicken, like chicken, fried oh, chicken, because I've been that, at nice restaurants you're right. and ordered fried chicken where they give you nice, like nice, pickle. nice side of pickle. Yeah. And that's fine. How do you feel about the bread and butter pickle? Love it. Me too. I'm a big love fan it. of the bread and butter pickle. That's a really divisive thing. Really? For a lot of people. Yeah. I love the bread and butter pickle right on a cheeseburger. The sweet pickle. Yeah, oh, exactly. It's delicious on anything salty. You know, it yeah. brings that compliment of that sweet element. Because I'm a little tired of the dill pickle. I'm a little yeah. tired of the basic pickle. You know, dill pickles have to be good. And. It's just like McDonald's with the pickles, like where it's oh, in the sandwich and it's warm. They're disgusting. It's horrible. They're disgusting. That needs to be like removed. McDonald's whoever's, pickles are gross. I, whoever's responsible for that should be shot into the sun <laughs> forever. You know, I'm a believer in the death penalty when things are really extreme. Right. Right. And that's one of those situations where I'll be like, we should execute this person. This person shouldn't be on this planet for putting warm, soggy pickles on a cheeseburger. I appreciate your passion. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Back to the topic All at right, hand. All right, let's do it. The topic at hand today, Dagan, is the swimming pool. And we have a lot of memories from the audience. Again, remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand. I think we're going to get into these probably a little bit later. 
there's some memories and some things that I think will prompt us to talk about a few things. So I'm going to set those aside for a moment. And instead, what I'm going to ask you, Dagan, is okay. what are your earliest and like, what are your fondest memories of the pool? Because, you know, we lived in two houses that had a pool. We had an above ground pool at Neighbor Avenue. And again, this is kind of a connecting episode to the episode we did about our childhood home. So maybe you want to listen to them in sequence. But we had an above ground pool and we avoided all pool discussions, by the way, in those episodes. We did in that episode. So we had an above ground pool from 77 to 85 or 86. And then we had a really nice in ground pool from 86 to 1997. Yep. That's kind of the pool I remember. And those are like my glory days. But I'm curious what your memories are of swimming in the pool, if it was important to you and, and all of this. Absolutely. I mean, my earliest, my very earliest memories were swimming in little kiddie pools. You know, especially at, I remember one at grandma's house, there was like a big, I don't know what the radius was, but like a typical kiddie pool, but an inflatable, one of those old school inflatable kiddie pools. But I remember being pretty big. It was like, seemed like it was almost like 12 feet around or something. I remember swimming in that pool. I was really little. And grandma never had a pool at her house, but they always had kiddie pools up to probably, you know, maybe by the time I was eight or nine and, you know, the girls were younger and you weren't born yet. But they probably had kiddie pools floating around over there. And I remember the infamous turtle slide, the plastic turtle slide pool. Is there anybody that doesn't know what that pool is? You know exactly. Yeah, what no, definitely. About, right? what the, it's, the, it's a small green right. plastic. You know, it's like a tur- like a turtle. I don't know. It's, it's, it's shaped like a turtle, right? With the yeah, face some, and everything. And then it has tortoise, the plastic yeah. slide that goes into it. Right. And I remember all everybody, like all the kids having that pool at one point or another. And being like an older kid and the little ones still had that pool. They still went in that pool. So those are my really earliest memories were playing in the kiddie pool. But then after that, before we even had the pool in Medford, we had like a four foot circular above ground pool. It was really nice. The one in Medford dad, you know, surrounded it with rocks at its border. And then he built, I was telling you the other day, he built a deck a wooden deck that was partially, maybe it bordered about a fourth of the pool. And it was, you know, it was railed in and you climbed up the ladder to get up there and then you could jump in the pool. You know, we couldn't dive or anything really right. because it was only four feet. But Well, you could, but you, you, would, you would die. You would die. Yeah. You would horribly injure yourself. But, you know, we would jump in the pool off the deck and that was really cool. And then, you know, my earliest memories with that pool and Uncle Mike throwing me, like I felt like I was going like 20 feet in the air, that type of thing. But even earlier than the pool in Medford, because I'm not exactly when, you know, sure when that was put in. We moved into to that house. It was 77 or 78? 77, right? I think it was 77. I think that's what you said. Obviously, this was before my time. But we, I think the first house in Albertson that we discussed was what? So you were born in 73. They might have had it a little bit before then. And they think they left 77. Yeah. After Dana was born in 75, but before Allie was born in 79. Exactly, right. So that, I guess the, the uh, four-foot pool was probably put in like 80, 81, I want to say, a few years after we moved in. And we always had it there. But even before that, there was a town pool out near Grandma's house in the town of Roslyn, North Hills, I guess it really was, called Christopher Morley Park, which was like a public, a Nassau County, I guess it was a state park. And they had a really, really like huge Olympic sized public pool there. And it was such an iconic place for me to go as a kid because they had like a giant, the grounds were really interesting and it had like a giant clock tower, really memorable images for me growing up going there as a little one usually with either aunt joni or aunt carla or both brought us there to go swimming and i guess at that time was me and dana alley was probably even too little at that point so dana and i would be you know brought along to christopher morley park and you know what the funny thing about christopher morley park is it's still there 
really beautiful. It's a really beautiful area. I love that whole area. But I thought it was called Christopher Molly Park, like Christopher Molly, like the girl's name, until like three years ago <laughs> because of the Long Island accent. Oh, okay. The Christopher Molly Park, right? Because that's what everybody called it. Right, right. It wasn't Christopher Morley Park. It was Christopher Molly Park, you know? Almost sounds like a Boston accent. Yeah. But for some reason... That's what I just I that's what I got out of it. So those are my those are my earliest um even before we talk about the pool and Medford too much, but that was those are my earliest as far as I can remember pool experiences. I don't remember and I don't remember any I mu- we must have had a little pool at the you know in my original house in Albertson where I lived from like a, when I was 1 to 4 years old, but I don't remember. I don't remember a pool there. Yeah. And I never saw any pictures there either of a pool, like a little kiddie pool. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny you bring up the kiddie pool stuff because you still see those. Those are still proliferating in the world today. And I don't, you can, you would know more about this because you remember my childhood probably better than I do or my infancy and all that kind of stuff in my toddler years. But I don't remember ever really being in those pools and those little I don't pools. remember you being in a little kiddie pool. They actually kind of gross me out a little bit. We're going to talk more about all of the things that gross me out about water sports generally or water parks <laughs> and all this because we can kind of you know segue into that but the, the water's not chlorinated it's like the most likely people to defecate That's or pee in the in the water <laughs> and there's the least amount of water so it's not dispersing properly and <laughs> i don't really remember ever being in that pool i remember above ground pools of course you yeah know, the ones with maybe a i don't know 30 foot circumference 30 feet more than that circumference and you know, four, four and a half feet off the ground, like you were saying, but I don't remember ever playing in the kiddie pool thing. I remember, I remember some people having slip and slides and shit like that. Okay. And I remember running in sprinklers. Do you remember the sprinkler, the clown sprinkler that grandma had at her house? I don't know. All right. So you hooked it up to this hose and it was a plastic clown head. And it, you uh, know, the water awful. spout, it's, it was, just listen to this. You ready? They had a water spout that came out the top. So the clown head would stay planted and the water spout would come out the top. But the trick was, it had this plastic clown hat, so the water spout would send the clown hat up, but the cl- the plastic clown hat weighed probably like seven pounds, and it was like this pointy plastic clown hat. <laughs> so it was really fun watching it go up, but then you would run for the hills, you would run for cover when it was coming down, because God forbid this thing landed on you. It was like, it was like what were they thinking with this thing? It was like this sharp, heavy plastic clown hat. You had to basically run for your life from. It was the pre-litigious era, I think, when people were just getting away with all sorts of things, like selling BB guns by mail. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, right? I guess that's a bad example. We can buy Ninja guns stars in the United States. By we can, mail yeah, we could buy whatever we want in the United States, actually. So I guess that's not really a great example. Now we could, we could Amazon that stuff. Right. We could literally just buy semi-automatic weapons mean. by mail. But you could buy live primates can, from the back of comic books. And, right. You know. Yeah, I mean, you had a pet scorpion. Parrots. <laughs> pet scorpions. <laughs> As we know from our childhood pet episode. So that's funny, man. Yeah, I remember playing in the sprinkler at grandma and grandpa's because our grandma and grandpa's in Albertson. They didn't have a pool. And I don't think there were really any pools in that neighborhood. I don't really recall. No. Like the bombs having one or the Hershes or Mary or Antley. And, and, you know, I don't remember any of them really having a pool. I think the backyards are just too tiny. So and also really shaded. I remember grandma's like grandma's backyard, like barely got any sun. That's true. It was Very like, mature so trees. shaded and yeah, super mature trees in that neighborhood. Beautiful. S- yeah, be- absolutely. Yeah, lovely. But so I do remember going there and playing in the sprinkler. It's the sprinkler seems so quaint, you know, it does. It's like one step above the fire hydrant, which I never experienced because we didn't really live in an urban area. So right, that was exactly. something that happened. I always wondered about that, though. I think I could be making this up, but I feel like dad might have told stories about how the firemen used to go around and do that. Like oh, open, open them up for yeah, the kids. Like I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. Like in you know in Brooklyn, where our dad was a fireman in Brooklyn. So talk to me a little bit about the pool in Medford, and because that 
that above ground pool, I know that that's very common around the United States, probably in Canada, the rest of the Western world. But those pools just remind me of suburban Long Island in a really huge way because like definitely it just seems like they were just dotted behind most, you know, Medford, most every working class, middle class houses. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think. And it's funny, Kyle. That's one of the things I want to talk about. There was almost every person on that block with a few exceptions, only a few exceptions had a pool in their backyard. Now, my friend Tommy had a pool that was one of the, we were talking about this last night, was one of those weird half in-ground and half above-ground pools, which was a very typical pool in the 80s. Because I think it was a little cheaper to build because it had actually a plastic liner. There was no masonry involved. It wasn't a concrete or masonite pool. But it had a plastic liner. It was below ground on the deep end and above ground it was like a three or four foot pool and it had a wooden deck all around it was really nice and then our neighbors right across the street that we weren't necessarily super friendly with in fact the kids were bullies to me most of my life um they had a built-in pool but most everybody else had a above ground pool we had a four foot pool my friend john had a four foot above ground pool my friend matt had an above ground pool dana's best friend stacy had an above ground three or four foot pool so and what we would do as kids is we would just go pool hopping everybody almost everybody had a pool that we associated with so it would be like we're in our pool now we're in matt's now we're in stacy's now we're in john's now we're in. we loved tommy's pool because he had the coolest pool obviously you know it was mostly underground but we would just go pool hopping all day just from one pool to the next which was really cool like no shoes on just run across the street run across the lawn hop in the pool you know that those are such cool times you know everybody left their gate open and you just go swimming you know, it was so neat. It was so fun. Our pool, now our pool was built, I think, I want to say 81 or 82. And so I was already a little bit older. Now, I was telling you last night, I didn't learn how to swim until I was eight years old, which was a little late. And leading up to having the pool in Medford, when, you know, during those times that we never had a pool, we went to a public town pool in Holtzville, which was like next to Medford. It was like a town or two away. We went to the Holtzville town pool. And I took swimming lessons for probably probably started when I was five. So like five, six, and seven, I took swimming lessons. And I frigging hated it. Like it was the worst thing. Like it made me not want to swim. I remember being a kid not being interested in swimming. And it was probably due to that. And mom and dad just want, wanted me to learn how to swim. They didn't know it was going to skew my swimming experience or not make me want to go in the pool. But I remember having a really bad association with pools and swimming just because it was so miserable. It was like I had to do this thing. I don't remember the swimming instructors, but maybe they were mean. It just was kind of like a. I just remember being a really joyless experience. And of course, it was during the summer when I just wanted to be home and be on the block and be with my friends. And I had to go do this thing every, you know, on Saturday morning. And I just wanted to watch cartoons and hang out with my friends. So it already had this neg. It was already tainted negatively for me. That's what she said. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So go back to our office episode. So by the time we got a pool, I think when we had the four foot pool put in the yard, that's when I started to enjoy swimming. And that's when I really learned how to swim is when we had it. And I was telling you, you know, my first Disney World experience, I was seven years old when I was down there. And I still I remember being in the pool on the resort on the hotel and still not knowing how to swim. And I think that's when I started to get and I think what it was, was I think there was a lot of little kids around there, like four or five, six years old, and they were all swimming around like fish. And I realized like, I'm going to be eight years old and I still don't know how to swim. And that was like, the, that was the moment for me. You know, that was the epiphany moment. It's like, all right, you have to learn how to swim. And then that kind of went hand in hand with 
having a pool. Right. Yeah. Because it's funny. Like I learned how to swim really young, and yeah, how I, old were you? I was I was young, dude. Because I think we've told the story in the past that there was like a rule, like this amorphous rule in our house where it with the in ground pool in the Marine Court house where. You know, mom, the rule was basically I had to wear my swimmies if dad was home. And if dad was or if dad wasn't home and if dad was home, I, I think even if not even really watching me, like I just like with reckless abandon can swim. And it's funny because it, learning how to swim and people not knowing how to swim, that's fine. But I find that really foreign and strange because it's so natural. Like, I don't understand how you don't know how to swim. Right. You know, like I don't understand how you just get in the water. And don't understand how to do it. Right. You know? It's almost like an instinctive. It, I also, you know, I maybe I'm totally wrong. I mean, people can check me on this all they want, but I just feel like it's not hard. Like, it's really not that hard. I think I think the problem is, is that like people freak out and then that becomes like a, a thing if they don't know how to swim, like they're they're it's flailing fear. around it's about being calm and still. I mean, that's really what it's about. Using, Absolutely. You know, and so like when I, I, you know, I used to swim constantly. And then when I swim these days in L.A. once in a while or at a friend's or whatever, like it's very natural. Like you don't even think about it. You're just in the pool. You dive into the pool. And, you like, can't possibly forget how to swim. Right? No, I think it's very much like riding a bike. You yeah, know, very literally, very much like riding a bike. So I think that from that perspective, it was always very foreign to me. The people that like weren't very aquatic, you know, because, you know, it, it just seemed very natural. It's not hard to do even. And I think another thing, this that's what surprises me is we were ocean people like we grew up on Long Island yeah. ocean. And, you know, beach uh, tradition is very instilled in us. I mean, it, on Long Island, you're never further away than like six and a half miles from the water. I think I think that's like the most you can be from the water, if I, if I remember correctly. So and we grew up on the ocean, like on yeah, the water. Sure. Yeah. So like even then, I remember being very young with dad and like we would just be in the water and dicking around in the waves and like letting the waves destroy us and stuff like that. And it's just like never a threat. And when I go, you know, swim, I think Aaron had even commented it when I swim in Santa Monica in the ocean, which I do, you know, fairly often when it's warm enough. Like I'm really I go like far out and like, I far yeah, out? like and like I love like diving into waves and like getting clobbered by them and stuff like that. Like it's just very nostalgic for me and very like. You know, Aaron was like, you're very na almost very natural in the ocean, you know, and I'm like, I just I don't think about it, you know? Yeah. Like people turning their backs to the waves and getting clobbered and stuff. I'm like, you never turn your back to the waves. <laughs> don't turn, don't, you know, and it's rule number one. So, you know, I really enjoy being in the water. But of course, as I get older and more curmudgeonly and more insular, that's like a thing I have to go out and do, you know, and so. I assume that when I you know own a house, as long as it's in a, in a place that climactically makes sense, that I would absolutely have an in-ground pool. Probably you, know? you would you would like to have a, own a pool. Oh, definitely. You like swimming that much, and not you know I find above-ground pools they're good, they're fine, but they're so they're inadequate. Yeah, you know, like I agree. They're just so they're so contained and small. Yeah, you can't dive into them. Although I must admit, in the four you know it was fun diving into the above-ground pools. I'm not endorsing it, like to to do like the, the shallow like, dive. Yeah, like you do you know what you're if you know absolutely. what you're doing, you can do it. Your parents probably have a heart attack or whoever owns the pool would probably be yelling at you if you did it. But, you know, I would dive into the shallow end even in our pool. Yeah. At, and the three, and that was three feet. Yeah. Like you just have to like really arc. Yeah. You know, it's a skill like almost like a belly flop. I know? used to do that. Yeah. I used to dive in. I was a lot older than you. I used to dive in from the three foot end and belly slide down the you know, embankment down the slope that led to what was it? Nine feet. Yeah, I think nine feet. Yeah. You know, which is extremely dangerous to do because you're, you're banking on just hitting that lip and just sliding down it. Now, you know, I would literally scrape my belly along it. You know, mom hated that. Yeah, there's a you have no risk aversion when you get older. There's a there's a, a relationship, like an inverse relationship between your age and risk aversion. Like, yeah, because I, I was even telling you, like, I got all my tattoos before I was 21 and I'm 34 now and I'm like too scared <laughs> to get any more, even though all my tattoos came out great. And I like just went to some dude and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want. And they did. Like, I never even did any research. I just like walked into a tattoo shop yeah, and just got tattoos one day. 
you know, and now like you can research and really pay lots of money and you know you're going to get great work and I just refuse to do it because I'm too risk averse. <laughs> so it's funny, like that. that's a similar thing where like, I don't know what the hell I was Absolutely, thinking Absolutely, very similar thing. Now, with the above ground pool, I have a funny memory in my, in the Woodland neighborhood when I, where we lived in high school, our friend Cody had an above ground pool. There weren't that many pools in that neighborhood. There were a few. And Cody's pool like collapsed one day because oh I think someone, God. someone like pushed off the edge of it. <laughs> And then, like, it knocked the fence over and, like, flooded all the water into the street and stuff like that. That was, like, a funny, mo- like, me- moment that, like, I remember like, being, like, really catastrophic. Like, don't push off the side. And somebody finally pushed off the side too hard and, like, just, and that was and just crumbled this, like, crumpled wow. this pool from the Yeah, 80s. because certain pools, there was different structural, like, there was different levels of quality of those pools. Certainly. You know what I mean? I remember the one in Medford being like, you could do whatever you wanted off that thing. I mean, mom and dad hated when you jumped off the side of it. Yeah, but yeah. You, you weren't could. supposed to climb on the side but of it. But you could. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially when you're a kid and you're little and you're not going to do any damage to it. But yeah, there were those pools that seemed like they were, you know what I mean? That they had, th- Those pools always were, stood out to me. They You could always tell the tip off was they had the really little filter and stuff like that. The bigger the filter and the bigger the whole outside unit for the pool was, seemed like the better quality it was. Right. Helene's been pressing me to get an above ground pool. And some people do have them in this neighborhood, which seems a little weird for the neighborhood. So you do see them, but I just think they, I just don't like the way they look. Yeah, so, I don't either. I think that the in-ground pool is just so much. I mean, again, it's a cost thing. I mean, if oh you're- Oh my God, so expensive. You know, I, you're talking about- an order of magnitude probably more expensive really to get an in-ground pool because you have to because even when we got our in-ground pool in, in the 80s his dad would tell you like he literally dug like and like had that dug like separately just to save a bunch of money and then i also think brought in the water like illegally on like yes. unmarked trucks so that he wouldn't that's get taxed right. on it or something like that right. which is so fucking funny like our dad was doing anything to circumvent the government basically <gasps> and i think now he was telling me that like they literally fly overhead and compare like they on Long Island, they put planes above and then f- compare like year over year or like decade over decade, decade photographs to see if anyone's circumventing like yeah. pro- property tax laws by yeah yeah. And Dad was doing they that for really years, did. and apparently like didn't never rectified it until he sold the house. I, I, as far as I understand, like that was the thing that the gov- the government somehow never knew that we had this pool. But then when we sold the house, I think we had to like yeah, to disclose it. And I think then there was maybe money's owed or something like that. Isn't so, that funny? Yeah, it's like an ongoing survey. Right. Exactly. And I have no idea why it's anyone's business. They have a pool in your yard or who fucking cares. But of course, it's just another way for them to extract money from you. Absolutely. Sheds. They do the same thing with sheds. It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Like you have to almost build like, you know, like in World War Two when they would like hide tank formations and stuff by putting brush (laughs) over them and stuff. So like when the Nazi Luftwaffe would go over and take photographs, they had no idea where it was going. Or or they would like they'd have blow up like wooden tanks to make it look like you had more of them to confuse them. Very similar situation. So it's funny that you brought up the like jumping from pool to pool thing. You know, and kind of that hierarchy. I think it's safe to say that because I did a similar thing with some of my friends in the 90s. And I feel like it's I feel like that's almost unimaginable today in 2019. Like not only going from pool to pool, but like I just don't seem like anyone was watching us or cared what we were doing. And this was this one from a young age. And by the way, when I was younger on the Marie in the Marie Court house, there were three, four in ground pools in that out of those six houses in that neighborhood. That's right. And we would be in all of them. And I don't think anyone had any fucking idea. And and there you're talking about pools that are nine feet deep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like eight. Think about that. Then we're just like going from pool to pool. There's just reckless abandon. No one really caring. No. You know? So it's so different now. Yeah. I feel like I know we kind of 
really harp on that a lot, but I do feel like it is different. I feel like that's part of what makes this podcast special and why it's so listenable is because it there's stories from like another time where like it was another age. And but like where the outcomes weren't any worse. No. That, that's kind of the thing. You know, like it's also almost a little Darwinistic to say, like, hey, if you're stupid enough to be diving into a three foot pool or a four foot pool and someone breaks their neck, I don't think your parents are gonna stop you from <laughs> doing that. And maybe that's best that you're removed from the gene pool. <laughs> it's so funny, right, dude? Like it's a I mean, I think the only thing I could really think of then Back then, there were more eyes on the neighborhood. There was more adult eyes because less people worked. There was more stay-at-home people, you know, mostly the the women in that case during that time. There were a lot more stay-at-home moms. So, you know, they would peer out, be on the phone or cooking dinner and peer out the window or be dealing with something, you know. So it wasn't like that they weren't looking in or checking in. But I think it was more of like, you know, Kathy, my best friend's mom, could call mom and say, where are the kids? Oh, they're over there? Or, so you had you had eyes everywhere, and there's just like a telephone network. Right, it's like the KGB. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they did, but that's how they did it. But they were around. They were present. Now you have, you know, 50% of the households or more. Both parents are out of the house. They're not there. You know what I mean? You have nannies or much more. You know, my, my best friend growing up did have a nanny, but now nannies are much more prevalent. You know, especially in this neighborhood, my kids had nannies. The kids across the, our good friends across the street have nannies. So, it's a it's different. It's a it's a whole different feel. But I think it also you you do have to couple it with I think just a more protective nature now. You know, it's it wasn't it was it was more hands off then. You know, and I think that's because the baby boomer generation, their parents were very hands off. That's what they knew. You know what I mean? That's really what they knew. That's where they they came from. They they literally literally went out all day. They made a, a you know it was a lot different than we would. They would go towns away at nine ten years old. They would ride their bikes to miles away at that age. So you know it was kind of peeling back when we were growing up and they became parents, and now it's peeling back again. You know what I mean? So I think it gets it's just like it just keeps getting more and more watered down. Well, what's ironic about it to me is that it's never been safer to be in the United States than it is right now. Crime is at an all-time low. Violent crime is at an all-time low. Like, it's hard to know if the relationship between all that is because of the more statist kind of way everyone treats each other or if it's just like a natural conclusion of a peaceful society. In other words, like, I wonder if like all of this, what do they call it? Helicopter parenting? Is that, yeah. is that a term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where? Because you hover. Oh, hovering. Is it hovering? Helicopter? Yeah, it's yeah. hovering. Yeah. And like... That's like so antithetical to the way I grew up that it's it's hard for me to imagine that. But I wonder if there's a really like an, a, a positive relationship between that or if that's just a natural, again, way of a, a more peaceful society, a more connected society, because I just feel like even if no one's watching anything and nothing, no, there's like no law and order, like there still is an order and a natural order to things and people remain OK, typically speaking and stuff like that. It kind of bothers me a little bit like when I like I know see, it does it, like the it really does. Like I can't believe I see parents sometimes with their kids literally on a leash. Right? That's insane. Like I can't, I can't believe that. That's, like I can't believe that that's a thing. That's crazy. That's a thing. You know, like that's a thing. I mean, I shouldn't say that's crazy, but for me, no, that it was fucking always... no, no. <laughs> that is crazy. That's fucking nuts. And I know people who do that. I'm sorry. Like that's nuts. Which is, which is just, yeah. I mean, as I, if you're like a Boston Terrier on on a leash, <laughs> like Lola. You know, like that's not acceptable. You know, so I don't know. I, I, I it's not really what the show's about, but there, I, I don't like this like fear, like this instilled fear it almost seems like children are scared you know like today or like they're being instilled with this fear yeah well they're being told like you can't do this so it they know i mean they know that's a really good point i mean even as early as five or six years old they get to they get that vibe already that they know 
the parents are telling them because it's dangerous, because there's something forbidden, because there's something that could be harmful, you know. So that's uh, a really great, that's a really great way of looking at it. And that does disturb me a little bit, even though I'm part of that generation. You know, I think it started with the Gen Xers probably as parents for some reason. And I do think it's because the nature of the home has changed, like we said, because of working parents and, you know, less of the parents being home and both of the parents working and stuff. But there's, it's not, that's not the only reason the complexion has changed. There, there are other reasons. Like what? I think, I really think it's just a, it's just a more, it's just this instilled protective nature that we have. And I don't even know, I don't even know that most of us could really explain it, you know, because I think it's true. I think a lot of us, you know, I think it is safer. I, I, I will say that. Not that there's not it's not dangerous. And now there's a different component with online being dangerous and the internet being dangerous. But I do think generally that it is safer. I do think generally that a lot of us live in better neighborhoods than where we came from. And I'm not saying that across the board, but largely so. You know, I mean, we live in nicer neighborhoods. And I mean, I was very lucky to grow up in a very beautiful neighborhood. But I think you know, generally you think it, you know, the generations propel forward, we do better than our parents, right? So I do think there's a lot of anomalies. And I, I think it's really, really hard to explain, actually. Yeah, it's interesting in the sense that, again, I don't know if there's a relationship between the lowering of crime and the heightening of safety and the tightening of the parents' grip on their children, if it's just something that's natural. Right. It's hard to know, you know, because it, if you really do look at statistics, like crime statistics, FBI statistics and stuff, it was really much more dangerous in the United States 30 or 40 years ago than it is Absolutely. right now. And even 10 years ago, in fact, than it is right now. Now, what were some of the games that you like to play in the pool? What, what, what were some of the what were some of the functions of the pool for you other than refreshing and getting, you know, getting out of the heat and all of this? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about this, well, actually. Really quick, too, because yeah. like we didn't grow up with air conditioning, really, at least. No. In, so it's so weird, like we didn't have air conditioning. I didn't have air conditioning until like I was in high school. Like that wasn't even an option, you know, like, and then the dad gave me literally this air conditioning unit. He probably got from someone that's literally, it was literally from like the seventies. It was this loud, huge thing. I have no idea what he was thinking simply because it was probably such an electrical Hulk. Yeah. But we did, I, we didn't really have that option. And, and the new beautiful house we lived in, in the eighties and into the nineties was hooked, like ho- totally had all the HVAC stuff hooked up, but we just didn't have an air conditioning unit. Hooked no up unit. Yeah. So Yeah. And that was, to give you guys a little extra context, we talk about the house in Brookhaven, the big house that my parents built in 86, 87. That house was about, if I'm not mistaken, about 4,400 square feet, 4,500 square feet. So it was a pretty big home. And so it had a very, it had an openness that kept it relatively cool. It was all, you know, most of the house was wood floors. So, but we really didn't have any perspective because we never, like Colin said, we never had central air. So... It, we just didn't know any better. But the pool was a definitely, especially in the heat in the spring and summer in New York, was definitely a refreshing thing. But you know what's funny about the pool for me, Kyle? I didn't really like to play shit in the pool. Marco Polo is like one of the... I, I can't stand the game really? of Marco Polo. Really? Oh, the I great. The game of Marco Polo. Is- I despise Marco Polo. I First of all, I don't like not seeing where I'm going. That really bothers me. So I guess as long as I wasn't it, it's not too bad. But that game just never did anything for me. I would, what I loved the most about the pool was actually the act of swimming. I loved like throwing in like the diving rings or something and going to the bottom. That was fun. And I loved the diving board. Now we had a diving board in the pool in Brookhaven. And I love, I loved going off the diving board. That was like my most fun thing. 
But for me, it was more about I didn't really want to do any organized, like even water, you know, even water volleyball. Like we had a little water, like a floating basketball net. You know, it was fun to jump off the diving board and chuck the ball into the net as you're jumping. But I didn't want to have a basketball game in the pool. Like I didn't want to do any organized activities in the pool. I just wanted to swim around and just chill out, maybe see how long I could hold my breath, diving, you know, that type of thing. What about you? What did you enjoy doing in the pool? Well, I love Marco Polo because it's 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 a game that requires complete honesty. If you're playing with anyone that cheats. That's true, actually. With the fish out of water rule, especially. But I, lo- <laughs> I but, but I loved it because it was like it was really a game. I used to really like playing it very mellow, right? Like where you'd be listening and like going underwater. Some people cheat by going underwater and opening their eyes, which again, uh, you have to you have to play. Got to be you honest. You have to be honest. But like then like like being still and then suddenly moving in a direction or like frantically moving in a direction or something like that or quietly getting out of the pool but leaving a foot in the pool so that like you're not a fish out of water and like moving around a person. I think the the game Marco Polo is a classic game. You know, like that's really the classic pool game. How many people would you play with? Oh, I don't know. You could. Pl- I think you. I think you need to have at least four people to even play an effective game of Marco Polo. Four, at least four. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, if you play with three, you can't play with three or fewer. I don't really feel like that would be. Especially maybe in an above ground pool, you can play with three people. But it's a good point. You know, so I used to like doing that. I used to like playing with water guns in the pool, which is a little, I guess, a little kind of strange. But I used to love like we used to have like a really cool. I think we've talked about a really cool Uzi. Yeah, that looked like a real Uzi. Like I would have gotten shot on the street if I had this thing in, in my hands. <laughs> it had a clip. It had a, literally a clip. You like would fill the water clip and clip it in and it would shoot. <laughs> I think it made noise like too. And we had super soakers. Like I remember getting the super soaker 50 and the super soaker 100. The 50 was like the orange one. The 100 was like the green and yellow one. And you'd fill it up and, and you know, we, we would basically, me and my friends would basically play like G.I. Joe or something like that and pretend we were, you know, whatever, deep six. That's and, fun. That's and, fun. You know, the frogmen and stuff like that. So I, I liked playing all that stuff too. And then, of course, doing the jumping and all of that. But something that came to mind for me was also the excitement of the pool being opened that for the season and the pool being shut for the season. Yeah. You know? I remember like being late in elementary school like every year and that was like the anticipatory thing like is it time yet is it ready like sometimes maybe you'd push it into late April early May it would be like a weekend because dad would have to be there and you'd have to take everything apart and do all the chemical balancing and all that kind of stuff and it might be a little the first time you always go in it's a little too cold but then you try to keep it open for as long as you can maybe close it like Labor Day after Labor Day right 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 so I always remember that excitement. And then kind of that disappointment because it represented almost the end of the year, the end of the school year. And then closing it up represented that school was back on and stuff like that. That was the that was the tip off. Yeah. And you really did love to swim as a kid. You know, I always talk about in the podcast, you know, you walking around with those swimmies seemingly implanted as a permanent extension of your arm. Those orange swimmies that you walked around with. You always. Yeah. I remember you in the pool more than you weren't in the pool. And interestingly enough, I remember mom bringing you around in the pool in Medford. Like swimming with you, like having, I don't know if you, she had a little, like a little boat that you used to sit in. So like your bottom half and your legs dangled right, right. at the bottom, or if she just pulled you around in a life vest or maybe just held you. But I remember her swimming around with you in the old pool. And then, yeah, I remember you being like a fish in Brookhaven. You were so cute. It was all about you in the pool. Like you'd just be out there all day. And of course, like, you know, that image of you walking around with your swimmies all the time, you know, cause we had the deck. So you guys know, we had the deck around the pool, like a wooden deck around the pool, so at the pool surface, and then we had a deck that was raised up like three, two or three steps. I don't know if Dad kept the grill up there, but that's where the, yeah, the patio table yep. was. That's where we ate when we ate outside, and which was originally three separate decks off the three sep- separate sliding glass doors in the house, but Dad eventually connected it and opened it up. So, you know, that was, and Colin would always be out there. 
you know, and I think when you were really little, it was you were probably gated in, right? So you couldn't get out to the the wooded area. Yeah, yeah. There you was just stayed into the yeah. W- w- the pool was surrounded by these beautiful rose bushes. I remember, and like some other flora. Yeah, and they were pretty. Yeah, like the back. Dad really did a nice job with the backyard. It's very ornate and like beautifully done deck and lots of room to relax. It's really something I took for granted as a kid. And, Me too. Oh, I did. And too. like wish that I enjoyed more and and paid attention to more because. It is true that we were out there all the time, but I also think of all the zany ass shit that used to go on out there. Like, you know, we, you know, the circular tubes that you would like, you know, put around your waist. I remember like jumping off the diving board, diving through, trying to dive through yes. them and you'd like get stuck. You'd probably drown, <laughs> you know, like just all the, like, like the sh- hole was way too small yeah, and trying to like surf on like, you know, on like jumping off the diving board, <gasps> trying to surf on things like we, it was getting pretty wild out there, like at a pretty young age for me. And I'm sure for you too, because one of my great memories of swimming in that pool with you was. You know, when your friends would come over that that dusk kind of time when the light would go on and you guys used to do really crazy shit out there jumping. You know, PJ would try to like jump off the side of the deck, like, you know, into the pool and like people were just throwing, you know, it was I remember it being really wild and I always wanted to be there. And I have this very distinct memory of looking out. We had a we had, you know, several bathrooms in the house, but there was a bathroom upstairs that we all used like a full bathroom. And there was a window that looked out into the like into the backyard into the pool. And I remember so distinctly like having taken a shower, gotten ready for bed, but then you and your friends had come over and were in the pool and like t- begging dad to like, can I go back out? And, you know, it was kind of dusk. The sun was setting and, and being really excited to like hang out with the big kids and, or the bigger, you know, the That's older people awesome. and, and kind of doing all of that. And, and also Dana's, you know, friends coming over too and swimming in the pool and, and sunbathing and kind of like the whole culture of just being around the pool. And I actually wrote this in my notes that as you got older, the pool became less about being in the water and more about being around it. You know, like I remember Ali and Daniel just laying out and reading magazines or listening to music and like not really even going into the pool very right. often. It was just being and, near it. Yeah. And her friends obviously being there or whatever. But I think mom also told the story and I think it was like an embarrassing story for me or supposed to be, you know, an embarrassing kind of Colin story about how like I just used to get naked all the time when I was younger. <laughs> Like, just take my shorts off. And John German, who was Dana's friend, right? Or was it your friend? He was my friend that I skated with. Dana dated him briefly. Right. Okay. So I think that's what it was. Like, he had come over and I just kind of dropped trow in front of him when I was like a kid. <laughs> you know, like, because I was like going into like pee or something like that. And I think, I think that's what it was. I used to just like, when I had to go into the inside to pee, I would like just get naked and then run inside and that's go to the bathroom amazing. and come back out and get my stuff back I on. totally remember you doing that. Yeah. Totally. Because it's so uncomfortable to wear that like muggy, wet bathing suit. Well, also because mom and dad would have murdered me if I got water on the ground in or the like house. A, yeah, in the house. Like it was just floors. we just like grew up in a very strict environment like that where totally. like that wasn't acceptable. So, you know, I do remember that as well. And night swimming. Yeah, night swimming is great. That I was mean, my favorite thing. My favorite thing. I was I was petrified that there was a shark in the pool, and I was way too old to. You know, it was like the, again that imagination of just being like you know imagining a shark in the pool and psyching yourself out. You know, I was 13, 14, 15 years old. Way too old to be afraid of that. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved. Being I can't in the say pool. I shared that fear. And I would only be afraid of it if I was with myself. It's completely irrational. If there was two, if I was with PJ, or if I was with a group of people, if I was with you, Dana, it didn't. I didn't care. But, the, you know, but I, it didn't stop me from going in. I would just try. I would dive in and then try to get out as fast as possible. Keep doing that over and over. Right. Again. Right. You know, just made it into a game. Now, Kyle, do you remember dad? You might remember this. Dad thought he was dad thought he was going to be safe this episode. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I talked to him this morning, by the way. He called just to see how we were doing. And he was like, oh, I'm really enjoying the show. Other than the one you throw me under the uh, bus. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming like almost a segment. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. You yeah. Know, how like can we talk about that? Segment. Like, we, How do we work him into the Bioshock episode? <laughs> Now, Dad, as you know, and I think we've explained on the podcast, 
adequately up to this point, but I'll I'll refresh your guys' memory. He used to do a lot of things himself. He was very DIY, okay? DIY, sorry. And he would, if there was a contraption that he could buy and he could just do it himself, he would just make it himself. I know exactly where you're going, where you're going with this. So we, this pool had a solar cover. Now, there was a thing that was a, a product you could buy, which was like a solar cover spool, like a reel. And it had cranks on either side. And you would just pull pull the solar cover and you would pull it over the pool. So dad, instead of buying one of these things, I guess they were expensive. He had the solar cover. They probably cover. weren't that expensive. They probably, well, who knows? Yeah, right. who am I? Let's just say they're not expensive. Right, right. And so dad bought the solar cover itself. And then he made, he rigged up his own contraption to spool it in. And what it was made out of was PVC pipe and old Volvo steering wheels that he got from the junkyard. And so my friends thought it was hilarious that he would make these, he would rig up these, you know, jerry-rigged, no pun intended, contraptions. So they would come and and start driving. They would crouch down and start driving and beeping the horn. <laughs> you know, because they, they, they thought it was hilarious. But do you remember that? Oh, do of course. I also remember just the solar cover being frustrated with it because, like, it didn't really seem didn't to work. Seem to work. Like that it great. only kept like the top two inches of the water hot, but then the rest of the, it made the rest of the water worse because like your body was now maladjusted to the, what the actual temperature of the water really was now because I'm you'd thinking. go through like a few inches of nice warm water, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then dip into this freezing was, water. Oh my god! Maybe it did actually, work, but I, I always used to even be joking about that. We'd be like, I don't know that this really is doing anything. I but. wonder if that was a real solar cover or if that was just like a giant sheet of bubble wrap. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our you know our neighbors across the street, Brian and his family had an in-ground pool, and they had a heated pool. That was my first exposure oh, to a heated so pool, nice. which is so nice. And I don't know how expensive that is to do. It must be pretty expensive. It's very expensive. But you know, I remember that being a thing, and you know, I liked our pool better. But I was always quite enamored with the in-ground pool. And actually, when they sold their house, I was so aghast because when they sold their house, the people that bought it were like this old couple without kids, and they filled it in. Oh, did they really? Yeah, I think for tax reasons because they weren't going to use it and they just like filled that pool and it oh, was gone. that's a shame. Like they ripped it all. Yeah, so. That's so weird. Yeah, so. Yeah, so th- th- I, I, there's just so many, you know, it's such a fond memory. I, you know, my, we talk about the Cotters all the time, which were my best friends growing up. They had a beautiful pool. They had a slide, as you might recall. Yeah, I do. Which was awesome. That was and, so fun. Yeah, and like, you know, little water jets would go around and we would just do- go head first and dive. And they also had a diving board. They also had the staircase that went into the pool. So they had like a whole different kind of setup yeah. than we did. And it was like really far back from their house, which it was, was cool. It was. That was a nice pool. Yeah, it was really cool. Like they had a lot of land. They probably had twice as much land as us. And yeah, you'd have to like go back and follow this little stone walk walkway to the pool because you used to swim in that pool sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It was a nice pool, really nice pool. Did the slide ever get boring going over? You just think it's just a little slide. Is that going to get boring after a while? Yeah, I never found it boring. I think because of the fact that like we didn't have one and no one else really had one, so it was like that was the only spot. Yeah, where you could utilize it. It was just like kind of a novelty for you, right? You know? Right, right. But I remember like you know, I remember I think it breaking or something and trying to use it without the water on you just burn the shit out of yourself on it and like it's a lot it's a lot of funny memories man I, I i really do consider myself fortunate i couldn't have imagined growing up and you know then again by the time i was in high school it wasn't like i wasn't really in, in pool culture anymore some of my friends had a pool but no one in our neighborhood really had one and i don't even think our area had like a public pool or anything like that no where would the public pool would have been we you know in medford we grew up going to holtzville now 
the nearest public pool, Belport Country Club, maybe? Maybe, but yeah. But you might have had to be part of the country club at that point. Right. Like, the only public pool I really remember going to, and it could be the pool you're actually talking about in Roslyn, but I kind of vaguely remember going to one in Levittown. Yeah, that was Aunt Carl and Uncle Mike. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they had, like, a big public pool in right that in neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah, and I remember going to that. And, you know, but that brings me to my whole thing about being kind of grossed out by public pools. Yeah. I really am. Like, I... I you and I were talking about what Great Wolf Lodge or whatever, which I yeah. have gone to like Aaron's friend has a daughter. They're like, I guess, six or seven of them. Like we were saying, there's one in New England and we were there visiting her family and we went to meet her friend and her daughter there. And, you know, I, I kind of felt bad because Aaron didn't really want to go in and she was kind of giving her a hard like her friend a hard time. And I'm like, I'll go with you guys and do a ride. And, you know, we did like one of the slides where you go into the huge tubes. It's fun. But then like when you really become cognizant of what's happening in here, especially because there's so many kids. Yeah. You know, and I don't care what you say, like some of these kids are shitting and peeing in this water and it's so chlorinated and chemicals with the diapers. Yeah, it's like it's gross, you know, and I'm like, I just I don't know, man, I, I it's like private pools are bust for me. You know, I'm not I just can't you I can't, can't do no. that just skews you out. Dude, but there's nothing grosser than a water park. They use so much chlorine in the water and so much bleach on the surfaces that there's just no way you're going to get sick. I don't I don't even care about like I'm not worried about getting sick. What I'm what I know is that there's a certain volume, cubic volume of water in this pool. Feces. There's pee, pee and feces in it regardless oh, of it being negated. Def- right. By the chemicals. I'm sure it is. I just don't want to be around it. It's like I have no problem being in the ocean. In fact, I was pretty flagrant with it. I'm like, I'll go swim deep into the ocean and pee in it. I don't care. Right. Like there's How literally infinite you. amounts of water here, you know? But like when you're when you have and it's moving around and like, yeah, no one's no one. It's fine. I don't care if people pee in the ocean. Cool that doesn't that. really doesn't bother me. Yeah. At all. Not that I'm like doing it flagrantly when there's like a million people around me. But if you want to go swim out and like just relieve yourself, I don't really have a problem. That's with a much that. more. And, that's, vast. Th- and I don't care who you are. That's something people do. OK. But in the pool, you know, I don't. It's now, just have too, you ever just, experienced this? Ca- I never experienced this, and they don't even do this at the Wolf Lodge because my kids love that place. You know, we go to the Poconos one. Have you ever experienced that, Kyle? The thing that they use they use a certain chemical in the water that would turn is that the water real? green. It's a real thing. I, see, I didn't, I've never I, seen it in person. I never saw it. I've seen it in movies or a TV show or something, but I didn't know if that was really a real thing. To like, it's kind of funny because oh, it's, it's like, like public it humiliation. Nails so, yeah, it nails you completely. You're nailed. You know, that's it. There's no way around it. So that is a thing, as far as I know. But I, then again, I've never seen it. It's pretty devious. You know, I, I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I love public ridicule. Like you should be ridiculed for doing something so bizarre. Because that's one way to that's that is a very smart way to deal with it. If you think about it, you know. Oh, definitely. It's a completely you'll destroy way. and humiliate someone for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's something that they'll but they deserve it as well. It would be like damaging because it's funny. Actually, we wrote about we have a, someone writing in about this. Where is it? Wait, here it is. Andrew wrote into us on Patreon, like you guys can if you support us hey, over there. He Andrew. said, be honest, were you a pool peer? And since the honest answer is yes, at what age did you decide to stop peeing in the pool? I remember the kids at my summer camp had a rumor that there was a chemical in the pool that would turn the water around you red if you let loose. And But even oh, then, couldn't red. stop me when I was young. Love the show. Keep up the great work. I have to be totally honest with you. I'm sure that I peed in a pool at some point. I have no doubt about it. Right. But I don't remember ever doing that. Because what we just said before was like I would get out and drop trow and go inside to pee when I was like really young. Yeah. Clearly young enough not to re- not to have any sense of, you know, social norm. Right. So absolutely. And clearly no sense of vanity. Right. So no, not that very age. young. And so I don't think that like I was really peeing in people's pools I just don't th- or my own. I don't think you that was something peeing. that was really happening. I'm sure that I did. I mean, I'm sure that I did at some point. You but might I- have really been paying attention to the sign. Welcome to our ool. Notice <laughs> there is no pee in it. Let's keep it that way. Remember that sign? <laughs> what is that from? That's just like a that? sign. That, yeah, we had one. I Everybody who had a pool had that sign. I don't they remember that. They sold it at like the pool supply store. 
What was the pool supply store? That famous pool supply Harrow's. store. Harrow's. Harrow is the red, white, and blue logo. Yeah, on Long Island. Yeah. yeah. Which was in Medford, like near Eagle Estates, then eventually moved to Sunrise Highway in like Bohemia or something. Right. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Oh, no. Leslie is what I'm thinking of, too. Oh, Leslie. Yeah, that's right. Because that's, right. that's the other one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember going there with dad sometimes and the distinct chemical smell combined with the rubber smell of all the toys that they were oh, selling. It was dude. very distinct. Very distinct. distinctive odor. Yeah. Yeah. The good smell. No, definitely. Yeah. Similar to the gasoline smell I was bringing, it's talking about before. Anything that can get me high. <laughs> Now, it's funny, though, Dagan, I, I wrote I actually wrote in my notes something very distinct. One of my favorite memories of having the in-ground pool, and I'm sure this was the case probably and I'm sure it was in the above ground pool is you have to put your chemical tablets in it and your chlorine and all that kind of stuff. But what I really remember and really loved doing with dad was taking that little chemical set. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There was like a blue like it almost looked like a tackle box. So you would bring it out and it would be like it would be like these vials. You'd put them in the pool water and you would use these different color chemicals with these different caps on them to test the water for different shit. Yeah, the pH. And I loved doing that. Yeah. Like, I just loved doing that. There was like maybe, I don't know, there was like eight or ten of these different vials that were testing for different whatevers. Yeah. And I remember dad like letting me do that and telling me to squeeze this into this and this into this and you would dump the water all back in and then you would know how much chemicals. I have really fond memories of that. That was fun, right? They, yeah. did, they did that every day. And I do remember, you know, again, it harkens back to like you saying like you kind of take it for granted when you have it. And I, th- I definitely think we didn't use it as much as we could have because you just, you know, it's there and you do. You take it for granted. I remember dad and mom like doing that in the morning, like going through all that, like adding you know chlorine and taking balancing the ph and taking the temperature and everything and just like grumbling like you guys use a freaking pool i don't know why i'm doing this you yeah. know what I mean? like going when they were just cranky about right, it you right. know you're not even gonna go in this today I don't, I don't, you know that type of thing so that was really and i always say that to lean i'm like if we do this you know that's what i remember about my parents like why aren't you in the pool more like you should get in the pool why aren't you guys swimming you know it's good for you swimming is good for oh, you. oh it's great you know, and I, the other thing I wanted to bring up because you brought up night swimming, which is obviously a great memory, is I love swimming in the rain. Now it's ah. it's it's dangerous, and eventually you'd have to if it was thunderstorming and lightning and all that kind of stuff. Although I don't know that there was really any danger of you getting electrocuted in the pool. That seems very unlikely. Well, wow, with to me. lightning, yeah, that seems just unlikely. That lightning is not tough. attracted to water. It's attracted to metallic things. Is it attracted to water? No, it's not. That's oh, what I'm saying. Like that's why I'm saying. Like it seemed a little ridiculous. Like I don't have a fucking you know a Benjamin Franklin key on a kite swimming in the pool. Like I don't understand right. why because it's raining I can't swim in the pool. But water is a conductor. Does it? Does oh, no, it, it is a conductor, lightning? but I don't think it attracts. It doesn't it. attract. That's, okay. That was my whole point. Was I was like I don't know that I'm really in any danger in here. And I knew that even as a young kid. I'm like. I think the pool is actually somewhat grounded okay. in a way. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I loved doing that. Like when it would start to sprinkle, it, it had a very distinct look on top of it getting pierced by the wall, you know, by the raindrops and, and the sound. Yeah, and go. I love. I, I remember going underwater, and you can hear it. It, it, it is very distinct, muffled, echoey sound. That's of the water cool. Hitting. That's and really cool. And looking up and seeing the drops, the drops like going in. I loved that. It's a very distinct childhood memory. I love I have. that. That's yeah, cool. that's cool. So, what else do you want to discuss here, Dagan, as we move forward? What's I wanted to ask notes? you about diving. Yes. How old were you when you learned how to dive off like a diving board? I was probably like six or seven to be perfectly wow, honest you and were young i remember i don't remember the, the exact moment but i remember the moment in like you know ephemerally i guess of being able to dive for the first time like being because diving isn't hard it's just about being brave enough to do it absolutely you know maybe you belly flop once or you fuck it up once but it's not really a difficult thing you gotta to do. go through you gotta put yourself you gotta commit 
Right. Once you learn how to commit, then it's okay. It's just committing that first time. Right, exactly. Because it's so funny because you have to learn. So like you diving from a standstill, for instance, is really difficult. You have to really be trust that. Like, first of all, you're, it's water. You're really not going to get hurt. And you have to like walk or run. And the, But then I remember how natural that became. That's how like you insert, inserted yourself into the water after a while. You would just walk to the diving board, just dive in. Absolutely. And how that was like a, that was like overcoming a mountain for me. That was like over, you know, to add to your repertoire of jumps, whether it was the cannonball or the pencil or the jackknife or whatever the case was. <laughs> You know, like all the different jumps, you had the dive as well. And then, you know, flipping into the water and then getting more and more bold. I remember, you know, flipping. You could off flip. The di- yeah. You, you, what was your bet? I could flip. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember flipping into the water. Sometimes you land on your back. Sometimes you can get like uh, one and a half times over. That's what I, that was my best move. Like flipping into a dive. Best thing I ever learned how to do. And it took me a long time to learn how to do it. Could you do that move? I don't know. I don't it's like a flip and a half. It's yeah. like, you know, flipping and then, you know, doing it into a dive. Do the full flip into the dive. I loved it. Backflip, you know? I couldn't do. No, I don't know that I ever Horrified. tried. That's a, little, that's a little too scary for me because you, I feel like you're going to hit your head on the board or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, my friends, like my friend Adam, backflip, he taught me to dive, you know, the flip into the dive, double flips. Like, I was just like, what? Like, the, he, he did the crazy. A lot of my friends could do all that crazy stuff. In our pool. In our pool. Yeah. On our diving board, you know, which wasn't a massive pool, but big enough to do those things. But yeah, I was so jealous of not being able to do a backflip specifically. I was so scared to do a backflip. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah. Luke Tucker wrote into us. Hey, Luke. And Jeremy Cochran had a similar question, but we'll go with Luke here. He said, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Let's be honest. Once we hit middle school, the pool was about seeing the girls at the pool. My stories mostly <laughs> consisted of checking the girls out. I was interested in while not looking and my mouth failing to come up with any interesting words if I did manage to converse with a crush. That and being relieved that hanging out at the pool did not require me to wear my Speedo like I had to during swim meets. Any interesting or memorable stories on this matter? My final top of mind one was the time I decided to go home and watch Ninja Turtles 2 on VHS instead of spending the rest of the afternoon at the pool when my major middle school crush was there in a bikini. Turtles 2 is a great cheese, but yeah, I don't really know what the hell was wrong with me that day. I don't necessarily want to talk about girls. We can do that. That wasn't really a relevant thing to me, but I was more wanted to ask you about how attractive the pool was to your friends and how important that was to your social circle in the summertime, because I assume maybe not so much in Medford, but certainly in Brookhaven, that that was an attractive place for your friends to be and that people wanted to be there. I yeah, assume. no one else in that area had a pool that I was really good friends with. The only person that had a pool that I was really good friends with at that point, and he didn't live in our town, was PJ. He did have a four-foot pool in his backyard. He had a pretty big oval-sized four-foot pool with a little deck on it and stuff like that. That we went in all the way through our teens probably, but so he was the only one that actually had a pool that he could go in his own pool. So those neighborhood kids, you know, the kids I grew up with skateboarding with largely, they were really into going in the pool. Like they, and they, they're the ones who probably kept me in the pool more because I probably would have gone in less. Now, when we were really hot and sweaty and we were skating all day, it was awesome because we all wanted to go in the pool. But they probably kept me more in the pool because they were more interested and I, than I was, obviously, because it wasn't in their backyard. They didn't have full access to it like I did. So that was a big thing. I think they really, you know, the kids I grew up with, Joey and Andy and Charlie and everybody, Kit, you know, Adam and John, they all enjoyed the pool a lot, you know, especially in the summertime after skating. Like, and, you know, a lot of times we would do some pretty crazy stuff. Like we would skate to like, this will, this will have meaning for Colin. Like we would skate Adam's cousins who skated Adam's cousin and his friends that skated lived in Ronkonkoma. And we would skate from Brookhaven Hamlet all the way to Ronkonkoma. That's nuts. That's a long time. That's a really long. So think about that. Like that's miles. So it was probably like what a mile just to what is that twenty five a to Montauk Highway, 
let alone going all the way down past Sunrise Highway, all the way into Ronkonkoma. So it was really far. It was a good four-mile skate probably, four or five miles. So like by the time we were done skating there, skating all day, skating home, we were just ready to just, you know, soak ourselves in the pool. And I remember doing that, you know, on those hot summer days, even probably in the spring, you know, it was like that was the, that was the best feeling to be like overheated and go in the pool. So good. Like I'll never forget that feeling of it. What about, you know, l- girls per Luke's thing? Was that was yeah. that a relevant thing to you? Having it was. Girls I mean, over that became a big thing. Now, I never I don't remember having girls over specifically to swim. Maybe my ex-girlfriend Trish. We got to that point where we dated long enough where she would, co- you know, we would still be dating in the summertime because she went to a different school district and she would go swimming with me. But I don't remember that being a huge thing here or there and probably more after high school. Like that gap of time between high school and me leaving for college, I would have various girlfriends. I dated a lot of girls from Sayville, a couple of school districts away. So those girls in that period of my life where I was like 18, 19, going on 20, more the girl thing. But isn't the girl thing interesting? Like when you discover girls, for me, that was more the beach because in high school, we would go to Smith's Point, which was one of our nearest beaches in Mastic Shirley area. And... We would more go to Smith's Point, go to the beach, and that's where girls became a thing. And it's so weird, bathing suits, right? Because it's just going, it's just going out in public in your underwear. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. So yeah, as a high school kid, everybody's, you know, that's what you're, you know, girls and boys. I mean that's, you know, part of puberty. You know what I mean? So I, but I remember that being more of a beach thing for us rather than a pool thing. Because again, we had the pool. Now, for people that went to public pools, I'm sure that was a huge thing. Right. But we didn't go to public pools anymore at that point. Right. 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 So. Now, the other thing that I have to bring up since we have to talk about dad, we, we've already talked about him briefly, is uh, do you remember dad wearing a Speedo? <laughs> Not only in the pool, but at the beach? Well, yes. Because I distinctly remember yes I distinctly yes. remember this and how ridiculous it was. I don't know why. He liked it over the trunks. He just, he lived and died by the Speedo. I don't know what it is. Like, he had to subject us to that. This is the same man And everyone's Daisy friends Dukes. saw him in it and, every, you know, like... Yeah, exactly. We've talked about how our dad would like wear da- basically Daisy Dukes when he was working in the yard, like basically jeans that were cut off like so high. Like Daisy Dukes. It was ridiculous. Over the Speedos. It's classic stuff. And then he would take them off and the Speedo would be underneath. Right. Yeah, because he would go dive in after a long day and working in the yard or whatever. And the half shirt. And the half shirt. Yeah, dad was styling. I don't know who was going to tell him, make fun of him. Yeah. But <laughs> we would. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know any stranger. I mean, if I did that, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? I would never, it would be relentless. I wouldn't be able to go, you know what I mean? Everybody would just be, but he he's a lot bigger than I was. That's true, and but I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know. I just, that took a lot of boldness and a lot of bravery to wear something like that. I just remember being, I don't know if I was even so embarrassed by it as, as the girls being embarrassed by it. And therefore I felt like I was supposed to be, or I wasn't understanding. They it. were teaching you that that was the thing that yeah. people, you know, it was very European of dad. Yeah. Which is weird, you know? Because I'm going that's with the like not very European, so it's no, at all. So. No, not at all. He's a, he's a very uh, blue collar sort of, you know, think like lumberjack, right? You yeah, know, handy, brawny man, brawny. I like that, the brawny you know? man. Yeah, I'm going brown flip flops, white tube socks with yellow and green stripes pulled up to almost his knees. <laughs> so he wouldn't get poison ivy. <laughs> Speedo <laughs> underneath the Daisy Dukes, bleached the Daisy Dukes, short as possible. Short Daisy Dukes, like with the pockets hanging out the bottom, Daisy Dukes. And the half shirt that said Maui on it. Did it? I don't know. Okay. I'm going with the Maui half shirt. Because <laughs> that would have been awesome. And the headband. 
Yeah, like he was sweatband. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna judge him? I always just thought that was so like the girls used to be like, "Why are you wearing the Daisy?" I wish dudes? we had pictures of that. We must. Someone. Well, maybe not. Maybe I, I don't know. That's one of the things he where shredded them and burned. Yeah, dad. Like, yeah, dad. Like sitting like at a table by candlelight, one night just burning them and the single tear running down. Yeah. His he like just he looks at it for like almost a little too long and then he just like puts the he puts one of the corners into the flame and then looks at it again as it's like almost being encapsulated too. by the fire. <laughs> of him and his Daisy Dukes oh, washing the memories awesome. away. Let's get into some of these letters, Dagan, that we got from the audience. I can't wait. Let's do it. Some memories and some things we can talk about in there as well. Cool. Remember, again, if you support us on Patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand at the $2 level or higher each month, they let you know the topics we're going to talk about ahead of time since Dagan and I record these eight or ten at a time over a few days every couple months. And then you submit your comments just like Benjamin did. He said, I grew up in a small town in Australia and we had an indoor and outdoor pool. The outdoor pool was always a fun summer activity. It had a diving pool with a one meter and three meter diving board. My younger brother and I used to love going to the pool on colder days as there was nobody around. So we had free reign to use the diving boards as much as we wanted. It was so much fun. albeit on those days. Very cold. This is an interesting one to me digging because I have such distinct memories of pushing it so far on cold days or uncomfortable days that you would want to stay in the pool forever because it was warmer in the pool oh of course you know, you know what i'm talking about where you were getting like, out yeah like oh, you would yeah. just stay in the pool Keep and like those shoulders yeah in. like your show like where your just head was bobbing up and down yeah, because yeah, it was yeah. so fucking cold oh my god absolutely especially with night swimming yeah yeah oh man yeah absolutely that was a big feeling i didn't like that though i didn't really like being cold you know what i want to ask you before i forget i don't want to veer off we gotta no, finish this one first did we, did we no, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to throw that memory out there. What about because I don't remember you with this. We don't get. We haven't gotten a lot of chances to, sw to swim together as adults. Actually, no, I don't. Which is very interesting. There's right? a picture of us. So we own a beach. Or our family owns a beach house. Our mom technically owns a beach house in New Jersey, in Egg Harbor, down by Atlantic City, and it's on a like what is it like a canal? Yeah. And okay. I, Dagan and I would jump in there sometimes and there's a picture of you and I swimming in there and I that might be the last, and I was in college and that might be the last time. That, that we was ever, it? Yeah, that probably is the last time we swam together. But were you a guy, were you like the dip your toe in and procrastinate guy or you just get it, go jump in and get it over with? A little guy? bit of both probably. Okay. I think I would do like a casual as you were walking, just put your foot in as you were walking into the diving board just to gauge it, but it wouldn't really de deter you from going in. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing that I wish that we had when I was younger that I didn't realize how much I loved until I was older, though, was like a like a hot tub, you know, that you can mm. like transfer one to the other. And I really love in California, you know, some people I know have the thing where the hot tub and the pool are like next to each other, where the wall, the water's almost spilling in from sure, one to the other. Sure, sure, And like you just dive in from one to the other. And that's the whole point. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that's that. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, but how about you? Were you a, were you a... Oh, I'm a jump in and get it over with guy, even though I don't like it. I like I kind of revel in that feeling of just being brave enough to do it. And I almost like that shock because I'm like, I, I'm strong enough to withstand that initial shock because that initial shock of cold water could be pretty harsh depending on how you know cold the ocean or the lake or the right. pool is. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going. Don't even tell me how warm it is. I'm just going to jump in. Now, do you remember me being pushed in? The yeah, pool? sure. By us, but because you were the little, you were the littlest one. Yeah, so. pushed or thrown. I don't remember. I don't remember doing that. To yeah, you. I remember being thrown into the pool and really? pushed into the pool. Yeah, and I would also obviously. I don't know if it was against my will a lot of times, but obviously, Dad used to just toss me. <laughs> oh, that's you awesome. know, like across the pool, from basically the, from that being outside the pool. Yeah, or sometimes in. like from the shallow end, like all the way towards the diving board, like going like all the way across the pool. <laughs> that must have been amazing. It was fun. That sounds fun. Water really lets you get away with a lot of things since it's so it's so Absolutely. forgiving. You know, he could have been really pissed at you. Yeah. You for did some reason wrong. Yeah, I don't and remember then, dad being mad at me too much when I was a kid. I do have some memories. I'd 
I do have a memory of dad like chasing me across the house when I was a kid. Like I did something the mom and mom told him and when he came and we just came right in and I just charged right at me. Basically, I remember, just, I remember so distinctly just running away, you know, but uh, yeah, it's it's um, it was fun. Like there's all sorts of different ways to enjoy the pool, which is nice, you know, and I don't know, man, I, I it's very nostalgic for me. It's very nostalgic. Seth Arnold wrote into us on Patreon and he said, hey, Dagan and Colin. Yo, Seth. Some of my best childhood memories are associated with pools. At my childhood home, we had a small deck in our backyard that was fairly high off the ground. Attached to that deck was a standard old metal slide, but in the summer, it was a water slide. My dad was really great at making these things fun. No one liked to go down the slide in the summer because it was metal, and as all as we all know, the slides would give you third-degree burns oh after sitting God, in the sun all day. So my dad got one of those inflatable <laughs> pools, filled it up with the hose, and put the pool at the bottom of the slide. Then he would take the hose and set it up at the top of the slide, creating a water slide. I remember spending hours just going down the slide, walking up the stairs, going back down again. After about 30 minutes, that inflatable pool would be filled with leaves and dirt, but we didn't care because it was so much fun. Another quick memory is when me and my brothers would fill up these big trash cans with water on a hot summer day and just bobbing up and down in them. We made do with what we had. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus, I hope you clean them out first. I so. like your resourcefulness. Very resourceful, my friend. Colin, it reminds me of a... Did I ever tell you about the slides of doom? I don't know. It sounds familiar, but tell me. So there's these giant metal slides. Not too far from here, like 10 miles from where I live in Bucks County in Pennsylvania. Probably in the town... For you guys in Bucks County, look into this because they're worth going to just check them out. So probably it's in probably a town called Mechanicsville between Richboro and New Hope. Off of Second Street Pike, there's this old, what I think is an old resort, but there's a house on the grounds. But I mean, I'm talking about an old resort from like the 20s, okay? But these gigantic, this twin metal slides are still there. And I'm telling you, Colin, these things are 50 feet high if they're an inch. They're, they look like the most, it looks, I always thought it was a really old playground. So picture like a stone wall, these giant slides metal slides right next to each other twin slides and going up it is like this stone and mortar thing so around the ladders going up is like the stone and mortar it looks very old but they're in really good shape still and what i always thought was that it was a it was an old playground and i was like my god like kids went down those slides if you fell over the side you would definitely die like there's no question about it and plus, those metal slides, they get really hot or whatever. Well, what I realized was those were there was a pool there once, and those were pool slides. But it's so interesting because these slides, dude, they would never make anything like this today. You know, because again, if a kid, even if it's a slide going into a pool, that's cool. But if you fell over the side of it, it's just like that metal slide with the stairs that go up and those two metal circular rungs that you hold on at the top, the little platform, and then you go down. But I'm not exaggerating. It's the slides are two stories high, you know. So the slides of doom. It, it just there. That story just reminded me of that. You gotta check. You gotta go check that out if you live in the area. It's in Bucks County. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, it reminds me of the. Uh, I think there's still an operation. There was a, a. I just was telling you about it. I think yesterday or two days ago, the Water Country in New Hampshire, which was this water park in like Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or Newington, New Hampshire, that had these slides called Geronimo. <laughs> that were really tall you'd like climb up and and then like you'd barely i swear to god you'd barely touch them on the way down that's insane like i remember doing it just once and being like no nah, i can't <laughs> that's like, it yeah like we went on like some sort of class trip there and i i you know they're like very prominent in the front of the park i think that's like their their calling card and i don't know again it's like the things you would do when you were a kid like i'm just i overthink and psych myself out of those things now right of course 
Straw Hat Ninja wrote into us and said, I actually have bad memories of the pool, at least in the beginning, because my experience was going to swimming lessons and being forced to put my head underwater. There you go. And jump off of the horrifying high dive. Of course, as I got older, I learned how to swim and enjoy. But my first emotion involving the pool was terror. You know, I remember, I think it might have been at the Levittown pool where we used to go with our Aunt Carla and Aunt Joni, specifically Aunt Carla and Uncle Mike, I think. Yeah. That they had like the multiple Olympic, you know, whatever, if people were diving and, you know, the high dive yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I would never dive off of it. I would climb up and I would always tell myself I would, but then I would just jump off. Did of you it. jump off? Yeah, I would jump off of it. The eight foot or whatever. I feel like it was foot? way higher than ten that. Foot? I feel like, I mean, I think 10 feet's way too low. I think it's way higher than that. I, maybe it's just because I was a kid, but I, I want to say that that's like that seemed 25 high feet. More than that, probably. I don't know. That seemed high to me as a kid too. I'm not sure exactly how high it was, but because, you I mean, did think jump about, off that one. Oh yeah, because think about. I never dove off. Those. Because you, I also distinctly remember kids climbing back down the stairs, like right. like the climb of like, shame. No way. But I think I mean, if, if you think of Olympic, you know, divers and even collegiate divers and professional divers, they're not diving off of ten feet diving boards. These things are like fifty no, feet. No, they're in the high because they have to do so. It. I think that because they have to have time to get all their tricks out. I guess so. I think that this was like one of those ones that was like really high. Yeah. No, it did seem high, especially as a kid. I'm not sure. I have to ask and call and look like definitely myself. 25 feet or more. I remember even the low ones being high. Yeah, you know they would I mean? have like, like three of them or something. Yeah, yeah, it was like tiered up. But I so I so remember like kids climbing back down the stairs. Like I, I definitely wouldn't have done that. I was I, I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> once you're up there, you were committed. No I matter can't what. lose face at the public pool. I understand that. Michael Vecchio wrote into us and said, "Not really a question so much as a distinct and somewhat traumatizing memory I have oh, of the no, pool. Michael is when I was 10 years old." I was at a public pool at a campground that my family went to every summer, and I was hanging out with my brother and some friends. There was no diving board, so we take turns jumping in off the slide. I did a running oh jump in, and I instantly knew something was wrong. I could feel a sharp pain in my foot every time I paddled, and I looked down and saw a ton of blood coming from my big toe. <gasps> I get out of the pool, or should I say I was carried out because I couldn't walk, and my big toenail was completely smashed, nearly half of it torn off. Ugh. I had to use crutches for a few days, and the nail damage was permanent. It's been 20 years since, and it's still fleshy at the root, and it still grows out. It looks, what does it say? It's, and it, it, it grows out. It looks like a long shard from the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> <laughs> I still have no idea how it happened, but needless to say, I was very hesitant to leap in the pools again for some time. That I do remember not getting catastrophically injured like that, but jumping off of the slide. That's insane. I would do the same thing at my, at, at Tim's house and we would get in trouble for that. Like you just jump off the side of it, you jump off the top of it. You know, like, like it, so you're jumping over the slide. Like you're jump, you're, you get to the, you climb up, and instead of you know sliding down, you would just stand up and jump off the top of the slide. <laughs> Why did it, like you? There's so many ways to die, you know. Absolutely. Or catastrophically injure yourself. Caleb Hager wrote in and said, "No question or comment. Just wanted to give a shout out to the other gingers and pasty kids like myself that had the embarrassment of having their <laughs> mom make them wear a t-shirt at the pool." <laughs> oh my god. Better than getting sun, sun, uh, what do you call it? Skin cancer. Yeah, I had skin cancer, so you can relate. I can relate to you. Patrick Malloy wrote, and it was because of sun damage. Yeah, of course. And they asked me, by the way, when I got it, it wasn't like the catastrophic form. It was the curable kind. Yeah. But they, I remember they asked me, they're like, did you grow up like this? Is, actually, this is this is relevant because I was talking to Aaron about this. I don't remember at the beach was different, but I don't remember one time, not once mom and dad ever telling me to put sunscreen on. Ever. No, never. Ever. Like I was outside all the time playing hockey, playing wiffle ball, playing baseball in the pool. I don't remember ever anyone ever telling me no lotion. to like put lotion on. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone ever told me to do it. And I we we are Italian, so we have like naturally olive skin and I think resistant skin to sun. Like I I don't remember ever really getting catastrophic sunburn or anything like that. Right. But I when they're asking me like, were you in the sun a lot when you were a kid? Even and I'm at like, the beach, no suntan lotion. Well, no, I was saying like at the at the beach was I guess different. That was different. I don't know why, but. You know, it's funny because when I was diagnosed with skin cancer in 2011, yeah. they were like, were you in the, were you out in the sun a lot? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, are you wearing sun protection? I'm like, no, I don't think anyone ever told me to do that. And they're like, well, that's why you have skin cancer. Oh, man. 
Andrew Thompson wrote in and said, I have lots of great memories regarding the pool and almost all of them include eating Snickers ice cream bars and Skittles with wet pruned hands. Simpler times. My question is this. What the fuck was the deal with adult swim? I have to suspend my game of gutter ball, get out of the line for the high dive to let grandpa wade his ancient ass around the kitty section. Unacceptable. The original party foul. I despise adult swim even as an adult now who stands, stands to gain everything from it. How did adult swim negatively affect your lives? <laughs> <laughs> and what can we do as for people to stop this nationwide who epidemic? Is this? Andrew Thompson. Andrew, bravo. Bravo, my friend. I never even knew. I, I guess I wasn't, you know, because we weren't public pool people per se. So no. I don't remember that. But I'm no. sure that that existed. You know what taught me about adult swim? Cartoon Network. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, I that's, never even knew what that was before. Yeah, I. I and I, in fact, when he was saying that, I'm like, oh, I never even really thought about that term. Right. Adult Swim. Okay. That's where it comes from. Did you miss Patrick's question? Patrick Malloy's question. We started. Oh yeah, to read no, it. I'm sorry. Yeah, what what happened here? Did I? You, oh, I didn't read. You it. started to talk about something else. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I have Patrick's question here. I'm sorry, Patrick Malloy. Thank you. Of course. Growing up, I was a competitive swimmer. During junior high and high school, I spent 25 hours a week in that 50-meter rectangle. Did you really know how to swim, like all four strokes? Did you ever swim on a team, or was it always just for fun? For me, it was always for fun. For fun. And you know what? I knew all the strokes, but I don't know if I knew the real versions. Right. You know what I mean? The like the stroke and all this. The, the butterfly, the side, stride, side stroke, back stroke, all those. I don't know if I really... I wonder if I do them. I'm a gr- hell of a doggy paddler. Oh, yeah. Doggy oh. paddle. Why not? Absolutely. Why not? Doggy paddle is so, in, it, it, it's just, it's essential when you're learning how to swim. You it know? takes so much energy though. That's what I was going to say. It, <laughs> it, it really does. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're just calm in the water and just go with the motion and stuff like that, it's, there's really very little energy being expended. And not if you're swimming competitively, obviously. I will say to Patrick though, and, and to you, one sport that I always was fascinated by, and I think is a fucking rad ass sport okay. is water polo. Mm. And and that is that sport that's a man's sport or a woman's sport but that's a that's a competitive tough ass tough, sport tough tough and tough. I always wanted to play water polo like when I was young and like still to this day like I, I look I watch it when it's on the Olympics and stuff like it's so athletic and it is. so cool it is. and apparently really dirty like if you read really? about it like really hard like they do really ch- fucked up shit to each they other under the water the, and like pool. yeah like punching each other and grabbing each other and clawing at each other and shit but like you have to just keep swimming plus like control the ball but i always it looks tough it looks awesome endurance we never had like in our area on long island i don't know if it was like this all over the island but we didn't have water sports like we didn't have a pool at the at our school i don't remember anyone be, there was was there a diving team or anything like that you know, at our school? was there a pool in bellport high school or not no definitely not i mean definitely not when i was there i don't know where it would have been yeah they, but how i know every inch of that school how can we have not had a swim team i don't think we did really didn't and if we did we might have you know i played for our associated schools hockey team so it could have been a different thing like i played for our rival schools hockey team because we didn't have one right so i was allowed to play for them right right right. the raiders you know so maybe it was a similar situation like that but we certainly didn't have a pool i'm 99.999 percent sure that yeah, we didn't it was have a, a very not a high budget school district it's very interesting. But if I, I, I don't know, man, water polo is one of those sports along with football that I and football we were very exposed to. I just didn't care because I played hockey. But those are the two sports where I'm like, interestingly, it was football and water polo where I'm like, I wish I played. these. Wow, that's cool. You should have pursued. There's probably like a little league, right? Or something you could do. Dude, I, I'm like so out of sh- I mean, can you imagine me playing water polo right now? Those guys are buff. Yeah, I would love to play goal in water polo. Though. I think that would be a lot of fun. But it does look like a fun game. Yeah, it does. But football, I always wanted to play. You know, like I wish I my love of football didn't begin until I was in high school. Right. And it was too late. But I wish I knew that I loved the game earlier. You wish you could go back and play Pop Warner and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. I would have loved it. Like, I'm really Still obsessed with the, I'm really obsessed with corners, the cornerback position. I love that position. 
that's like my favorite position in football safety to a degree too, but I'm just not big enough to play safety, but I'm built kind of like a cornerback, at least tall and like slender. Yeah. And if I just buffed up, I would have loved to play that position, you know? So that's a little sad for me, but that has nothing to do with this topic. <laughs> the final comment we have here comes from Clark Petrie, who wrote in gents regarding the pool. As a little kid, I used to spend hours holding onto the side with my feet up fairly high in the wall in what I'd call my Spider-Man pose. I'd then shimmy left to right saying Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can over and over. To this day, I can't understand why I love doing that so much. But even now, should I find myself in a pool, I'll get up to that position and do it once as a sort of inside joke to myself. Be well. Thank you. Very Clark. well. Well done, Clark. Well done. Now, Dave, is there anything else you wanted to discuss about the pool as we get late into this episode? You know what, Kyle? I think we, we, we covered a lot. I have a couple of questions for you, just a sort of a um, just sort of a litany of, of questions sure. pertaining to swimming and, you know, sort of what you were capable of as a kid. Okay. Open your eyes underwater or leave them shut? I Open them. Open them. Open them. Yeah. Okay. How long could you hold your breath underwater back I in your prime? I remember this being a competition. It would, it would certainly be under a minute. Okay. I have this real fear of suffocating to death. It's very scary. It's, that is a scary idea. I can't imagine not going out like that. And so I don't know that I would push it far, like further than maybe I could have right. pushed it further. Right, right, right. You know? Even as a kid, you were cognizant of that, right? Yeah. Because it is a scary uh, idea. Again, it all goes back to mom showing me all, you know, all my children or whatever it was when she was folding laundry that day and the guy getting buried alive. Oh. Ever since then, I've had this real fear of like drowning or suffocating. That's or, horrible. You know, that's where, what is it? Um, Say by the bell. Does, doesn't that term come from the fact that they used to tie a string to person to buried people's fingers and put a bell above ground. And then if the person was like in the middle ages, like when people might fall in the comas or they didn't really have any medical understanding. And then if they accidentally buried someone alive, then the bell would ring. Wait, that's what say by the bell is from. I, I thought think. it was from boxing. No, I, I think that's it. I could be wrong, but I think that's where the term like Get the etymology of say by the bell. Comes from. I never knew what the hell that was. I think, I think so. That's crazy. I think so. You, you guys can correct me. I'm sure you educational. Will. This show is. I, love, I went. I used to work with a guy named Ryan Geddes at IGN. He lives in Europe now. He, I think he works at CCP, the guys that do Eve Online. And he was. He used to get me really obsessed with etymology, like all, where all these things that we say came from. Like, look, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, and, and all of those kinds of things. And he, I think that was one of them that he taught me about. That's pretty cool. I love all that kind of stuff. Like, look, look, look you know, look a gift horse in the mouth. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and, fascinating. Yeah, I love all that stuff. Like uh, the rule of thumb. Or that I don't know. I think the rule of thumb is like you are allowed to hit someone like whether it's your wife or like a child in school oh. with like a rod that is no bigger than your thumb, yes. like with a circumference no That's more than your thumb. Freaking crazy. It's like very strange that we still just use these things like generationally and then they just totally lose their meaning. Yeah, they change. The meaning changes. Really fascinating stuff. That's crazy. But yeah, people can write in and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that's where Say by the Bell comes from. That's very interesting. Yeah. So any, anything else? Yeah, let me say we, we talked about a lot of this stuff already. So yeah. Holding, you know what? My friend Adam comes up in the show a lot Adam lately. Smith. Adam Smith, great friend of mine. He, I remember him holding his breath like two minutes and 14 seconds once or something. Wow. I think I made it to a minute a couple of times. But I, again, I was like you. I was very, I was kind of scared to do it. Yeah. He was like, I don't know. He's like a Navy SEAL. What the hell was that? It was know? a lot of it. I think I'm trying it now. Like a lot of it is taking a huge breath and then slowly letting it out. Right. Like slowly, like slowly letting that not like out. holding oh. the breath and then going under and not doing anything. Like I think you have to slowly like let it out right but yeah it is like a navy seal thing i think the navy seals can hold their breath for That's like minutes i don't know maybe you're right about that letting it out thing that that makes i'm try i'm practicing it as you're as you're speaking right like taking a big breath and then slowly let it out 
like very yeah. slowly. It kind of yeah, like yeah. balances you as long as you don't leave your mind on it. You could probably stay in that state. For right. A while. I wonder if you kind of fill your lungs up and then slowly let it out, but try to have that period where you're not letting it out yet as long as possible. Then do the yeah. let it out. I don't well, know. Adam must have had some sort of technique. He had something going on. You know, Dig, I did want to ask you this. Yeah. I have this written in my notes. Because we, we talked about floats and we talked about water guns. The one thing I do remember that we got later on in the game, because I don't think that these were really a thing in the 80s. I could be wrong. You could correct me. Were water noodles. Oh, and they, I don't remember them being a thing yet. Yeah. And I, what I remember is us playing with them. And we had a bunch of them like in the old pool. is just beating the shit out of people with them. Like because <laughs> once they got waterlogged, you would just destroy. You could destroy <laughs> people with those water. Like because they were made of like that foam, like that, that, that absorbent foam. Yes. We had the ones that were made of like the spongy foam. Right. Now they're not. Now it's like a water resistant thing. So like they could be in the water and not get heavy. Because I remember people used to just dip them in the water. Like there's a lot of people that take them out and just wail on people with them. Yeah, just doing that to me. Like just <laughs> nailing me in the back of the leg. <laughs> taking me out and also i mean i guess it's a good reminder too is just the pool the towel slap thing oh uh, the rat's tail yeah thing. like that i remember so well too like even if your pool like you would just take like i remember going to the side of the pool and just dipping the corner of a, pa- a towel into it and then like you know doing the thing and just fucking nailing it's people split with somebody's you skin destroy open. people with oh these, my like, god it was i don't know what was wrong with us indiana jones style yeah it's like a it's like simon belmont's whip mom <laughs> was really good at that rat tail thing not that she would do it to us. Yeah, because it's all often. about the wrist. It's all about it's all about like letting it go and immediately pulling yeah, it back in and causing movement. that snap. You know, <laughs> I've gotten so many welts and bruises and I'm sure gave them to so many people, oh, too. That sounds painful. The other thing I've written down in here that was very endemic to our area and I'm sure other areas, but it wasn't like a thing that was in New England when I was up there and stuff were horse flies. Oh, man. The uh, green head pe- flies. Yeah. So for people that don't know, the horse flies like the green headed fly that bites. And they were really ev- we had mosquitoes in our area, too, but they used to bomb the shit out of mosquitoes from the air on Long Island. I, yeah. st- I think they still do. So we had them and it's very moist and wet, a lot of fallow water and stuff like that. So we dealt with that. But the horse flies were really the problem for us. And I remember like th- I felt like they would just wait for you to like come up. They were like intelligent in some way where they oh, oh that bite hurt so much oh, worse than God. the mosquito bite. They you would know? stay on, go underwater with you, come up. They yep. would still be on. Yeah, we had the farm next door, so it was bad. But it's still a bad thing down where we, we go to the beach down at the South Jersey Shore. It's still a bad thing in certain months. It seems like the the hot months without a lot of precipitation, they just come around. Oh, man, they're, they're awful. They're awful. Another thing I have written down here are getting splinters. Oh, from the deck? Yeah. Which I remember getting all the time. Really? Yeah, because I remember getting mom will get the tweezers or someone will get the tweezers oh, and remove like man. whatever was, you know, oh, like from your foot. The sliver of wood in yeah. your skin. Oh, the worst. That's awful. The wor- the absolute worst. That's just awful. Oh, that's a bad feeling. And then the only other note I have in here that I ha- that I haven't personally touched on was just like the idea of kind of like the hybrid, like the slip and slide. And, you know, because we talked about the sprinkler and stuff, but all of these ways <laughs> that you could enjoy water without having a pool. Maybe if you didn't have the money or the, not the room or whatever like that. Sure. I, I think slip and slide came out in the eighties and someone made a lot of money on that. Remember as well. that? Remember wet banana? It was like the yellow slip and slide. No, it was That's like, a, it was, oh. no, no, it was called wet banana. I don't know. It must've just been, they couldn't call it slip it and slide. It might've been a branded thing. Yeah. So it was like a knockoff, but it was like a yellow piece of plastic instead of a black piece of plastic or whatever. You know, it's funny, man, as I read my notes and, and think about everything, it's just I, I I guess it's a common theme on our show, but I yearn for those days. They were really innocent, good days. And in tying into our childhood home episode, when we left Marie Court in 1997, the last thing I did was swim in that pool. Is that right? Yeah, with Dana. Oh, man. And I wonder if she nice... I wonder if she remembers that, too. Like we got oh. up in the morning, everything was packed. The truck was packed. We were ready to go. And we went in the pool. Oh, I'm sure she remembers. And then we left. That's a really nice memory. 
That's a really, really nice memory. Like, I remember building up to... I don't know how I would have... I wouldn't have been able to handle it as an adult. Like, as a kid, I was still, you know, a little ignorant, I guess. I'm still ignorant now, I guess, in many ways. But I remember, like, counting those weeks down and going into the pool and being like, this is the last first of the month I'm going to go in the pool. This is right. the last Wednesday I'm going to go into the pool. Uh, and then, like... All and those then, milestones. Yeah, and then, like, this is the last time I'm going to go in this that's pool. That's kind of heartbreaking. You know, it is. It's super fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, that's, that's tough. And I remember that day very well. And the reason that I remember that day, by the way, to, I guess to bring it in a funny direction is, you know, I have a notoriously bad stomach and bad colon. And I must have really been struggling, you know, with my nerves at that time. And when, by the time we got up to New Hampshire, we were in Portsmouth. I shit on the side of the road and wiped my ass with like Starbucks napkins. Oh, my God. Because like I was like, I couldn't hold it anymore. Oh, that sounds awful. That all happened on the same day. Oy. Yeah. The day we left. So anyway, the truck was big enough and like long enough where like you could angle yourself where no one could really see you. Right, right, right. Which was nice. But I remember shitting on the side of the road in New Hampshire. Oh, man, that's all. Because I was probably so distraught that day, you know? Yeah, nerves. Yeah. Nerves are kicking up. But I'm like more distraught about it now than I than I was then, I guess. Can only imagine how dad felt. So, yeah. So, yeah, those are all the memories I have of of swimming in the pool. It's cool. I like I like bringing kicking back these. Uh kicking back up these old uh memories it's it's a lot of fun to yeah, talk about it is fun it's a little painful it's a lot painful actually but it is fun Pain but it's good to talk about because it keeps everything fresh it's it keeps those memories fresh in your mind of those things that you're nostalgic about and those important times right you know right so that's really nice that it, in a way it's it's helpful i think and as we've discussed on the show previously i think that in a selfish sort of way for us and for the moriarty clan and stuff like that like i've discussed with people in the past that it's sad. There have been billions of people alive, right? And, oh, we discussed this on episode 53, actually, when yeah. we did the, the long distance one. That's where we discussed it, was that there are just billions of people alive with with trillions, really trillions and trillions of memories, interactions, encounters, stories, things to, to go over and remember, and they're lost forever. And as long as there's not like an EMP explosion or the internet doesn't go away, our memories will exist in perpetuity forever in some way, some somewhere. You know, and I like that, that about the show. Cool. It's selfish, but I just hate the idea of someone dying, you know, and that and then a race with them is everything they remember. Their story. Yeah, their story kind of goes with them. And they're no more inconsequential or consequential than our stories. Of it's course. just that we have an audience to listen to our stories. That's, that's so sad. That's very that's a very sad thing. That's a very poignant thing. And that is a really nice perk of doing the show. That's I feel very grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. And like I like the idea of people kind of coming along this journey with us visualizing our stuff. That's why I really want to get like we should get some of these pictures up and really start going through everything that we have and starting to really let people identify the things we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. You know, because we all have, as I said on episode 53, we all have these immediate memory, like, or not memories. We all have these immediate visions of what things are. When, when I when I read a book or when someone's telling me a story, I immediately visualize what I think they're talking about. Yeah. And I guarantee you what all of you think about what we're talking about is not accurate because it can't possibly You have be. your own personal right. vision of what that is. You're visualizing. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I would love to put faces to names. I'd love to put places you know, in sure. people's minds, I'd love to get pictures of the houses up. I'm sure we have pictures of the pool. I'm sure we have all of this stuff. It so. helps. It adds context. You're yeah. Right, so Kyle. we got to get that up and maybe we'll do that on Patreon. We got to get it. We got to get a picture. If we could get for the icon for the image for this episode, we have a little time. It would be awesome if we could kind of dredge up an image of you, a picture of you with your little swimmies on from that era and your swim trunks. That would be fun. Or a picture of both of us or a picture of the so family or just the pool or whatever the case might that be. Would be. That would be awesome. Yeah, we got to start going. Well, if dad has some of the pictures, I, I really got to start going through some of the stuff and getting them you know, digitized and stuff like that. 
just for future generations, especially because to the point during the childhood Holmes conversation that we had, like this, unfortunately, these stories are detached from this new generation of Moriarty and this new generation of Wozniak, which is our sister's kids that will not have this shared lineage that have no connection to Long Island and no connection to our childhood and Medford and Brookhaven and, and Albertson and all those kinds of things. So I think it's really important that we make sure that we get these things online, even if just for ourselves. Sure. So that they have a lineage and some sort of understanding, because really the Moriarty's were in New York since we got off the boat in the 1850s. And it's only this generation that's not there. So it's a thing that's mm. incredibly relevant, mm. you know? Yeah, I never thought of Indeed, that. Indeed, like that it's your before. kid's generation that's the first generation that is not on Long Island. Right, that's right. Since we fought in the Union Army, basically. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about. I yeah. never really thought of it that way. And the way. Italian side, the same thing, actually. Like our Italian side came in the 1920s and 1930s, I think. Right, And that sounds right. And we, you know, because our grandfather's generation, half of them were born in Italy. In Italy, yes. And so they're, that's, they're, they've been here less than 100 years. And, it, you know... And Carla now and mom living in Virginia and Joni looking to maybe live in Pennsylvania or down in Virginia, like and everyone kind of leaving like that. They're also leaving the island for the first time. So that side to you, right? Yeah. So there's like we got to make sure that we have these tethers. I like it, my friend. Yeah, because we're not Virginians. No offense to Virginia. I love it. It's a great state, but we're not Virginians. We're free or die. That's not Virginia. That's that's New New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah, but close. Sweetheart state. No love. What is it, the Virginia? Thing? I don't oh, know. Virginia is for lovers. For is Virgin- that? But that's Virginia not. The, but that's not the saying. Like what? Like uh, New York saying is Excelsior. You know, uh, ever, ever ever upward, right? What is the? That's uh, it's Marvel Comics. That's Stanley, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's also Stanley. <laughs> but the New York, the New York, they stole the it. New York flag is the Lady Liberty holding the scales, right, right, and then underneath that's there, a it says great Ex- image. Excelsior. I used to have that flag on my wall. And, awesome uh, image. There's a fl- there's a Long Island flag for Long Island secession because there's a Long Islanders that wants to, Long Island to become its own state, <laughs> which I do too. Actually, do you know that Long I was talking to Dad about this. Long Island secession is supported by both supervisors of both counties. No, I didn't know that. That's like a thing that's like supported at a political level. Really? To become its own state. Yeah. Oh, it's good that NASA and stuff could get together on that. Right. They I would, would love need for, to. I would love for that to happen. I would love for Long Island to secede from New York. Love it. But we'd have to bring Queens and Brooklyn with us, and they obviously wouldn't want to do that. Oh, why would we have to bring Queens and Brooklyn? They're on the island. I mean, it would be a little weird for us to just cut them off because they're incorporated into New York City. Then yeah, would... but look at Alaska and Hawaii. Well, my bigger thing is like, I think, New Guinea or like some islands in the Caribbean that are split in half like that, you know? Oh, right. That's kind of the best analog I can think of. Okay. More than the detached non-continental states. Right. Or, what would it be it would, like Bronx and Staten Island wouldn't try to take them over or anything? Right? No, it's just that I think Queens They're incorporated boroughs. in like the 1890s. So I think that the ship kind of sailed for that if he wanted to leave all as one. Oh, OK. You know, but yeah, Long Island secession. I think Garden City is the cat would be the capital. OK, makes a- sense. And um, that, that makes sense. Yeah, support that. So I, I would love for that to happen because we, you know, I can say I, I, I don't really I, I'm proud of being from New York, but I don't consider myself a New Yorker. I consider myself a Long Islander. And those are right. two distinct things. Absolutely. When someone asks where I'm from, I always say Long Island. I never say New York. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I think some people have no idea what I'm talking about, but Long Island will be the 51st state. You think so? No. Not Puerto, Puerto Rico is going to be the 51st Puerto state. Puerto Rico. Should have happened already. We haven't so had a new state in 50 years. It's been a long time. So uh, don't you think Puerto, Puerto Rico thing sounds good? Now, I have a, a very good friend that's Puerto Rican and his a lot of his family is still over there. And of course, that's been Puerto Rico has been very relevant through every, all the stuff that happened with them and how, how badly that was affected by the storms a year or two ago. But and it's in, still in really bad shape. But he he was telling me that a lot of Puerto Ricans don't want that. No, which I never realized before. Yeah, they voted, I think, before. 
And I think they voted. I think they'll vote again because I think that they don't have representation in they have like a they have like a proxy representation in Congress, but they don't have a vote. Yeah. But I like think they get all, I think. Yeah, they're like a this territory. I think they. I think the reason is because they have like the perks of these certain perks without having to do certain things. OK. Like I think it uh, like it, they, I don't think it benefits them to become a state because then I think they have to give up certain sovereign rights and stuff like that. Uh, to become I gotcha. a state. Right. But I, I think that that's inevitably going to happen. And, you know, I always say that Israel should be a state. Israel. Too. I would love Israel. I would love I would love Israel to be a state. I think that would be fucking amazing to just have across the world. You know, Israel is a, a it may, United it makes state. it would it makes sense in a lot of ways, I guess. I don't know too much about the ins and outs. We're but. some of their only friends, so it would make it would make a lot of oh, sense for, for them. True. But that would cause you want to cause, that would cause World War Three. So that's that's never going to happen. And they, they're a sovereign country. They don't want that either. But I think you know, I, I am a friend of Israel and I would love to have them incorporated into the American Republic. There you go. But it, dude, if you read about, do you know um, about, I think the term was freelancing. Do you know anything about this, about how no. like American, it's really fascinating if people go down and look at and read about this in the eight, like post-Civil War. So like in the Jim Crow era, right into like the World War One era, American adventurers like mercenary gr- groups would go into the South, like into this, into Central and South America and like try to like foment rebellion and like foment all this stuff and try to like incorporate these places into the United States. It happened in like Cuba and Nicaragua and all these different places, like, but like totally unsanctioned from, from the United States. Like they would just go down and try to take territory in behalf of the United States. Okay. People can go read about it. It's fascinating. That's insane. I mean, that's frankly, to be perfectly frank, why we shouldn't be meddling down there anymore. Because we've done enough meddling before. It was basically considered a foregone conclusion that Cuba would become an American state. Right. And it was considered a foregone conclusion that British Columbia would become an American state. Mm, that makes sense. And that's why we bought Alaska. And the only reason Alaska separated from us is because British Columbia didn't become an American state. Ah, gotcha. You know? They, gotcha. they called the purchase of Alaska Seward's Folly after Seward, the Secretary of State, that bought Alaska really? from Russia. That's supposed to be beautiful up there. Well, they they thought immediately that it was a waste of money. Then they figured out there was a shit ton of mineral wealth ah, and oil go. wealth there. And then they were happy. We, we absolutely robbed the Russians. Robbed them. Fucking Russians. <laughs> they needed the money to fight. I think they needed the money to fight Napoleon, if I remember correctly. So they were it was like a fire sale. Oh, wow. I think it was Tsar Alexander II, but you guys can check me out. Holy that. cow. Is that right? They needed the money from that for that purpose? I think or I'm getting I think I may be mixing things up. You know, I actually know that doesn't make any sense. The French sold the Louisiana Purchase to fight Napoleon or, or Napoleon sold the French. Yes, that's what it was. Napoleon, I think, sold the Louisiana Purchase to make money to fight okay. a war over there. Okay. And I think the Russians were fighting something else or someone else. In like the 1870s or 1880s. Oh, that period, that period of time. Yeah. And so they needed the money. That's very interesting. The, they needed the liquidity. That's what she said. War. That is. Well, I don't know if that's what she said. <laughs> Dagan, let's wrap it up with some of our closing segments. Please. Okay, my friend. So we're going to do our closing segment. This is a bittersweet because this is our last one. Our last episode for this wave seven. So this is our last closing segment called quote me on that. And Kyle, we're going out with a special movie. And basically, guys, play along at home. I'm just going to say a movie quote. Colin's going to guess the movie. And if you can't get it, we'll step it up with another quote and a couple of quotes to see how many quotes it takes. I think I'm five for eight now. So I this is say you're five for eight. So this is really, this is an important one. This is an important one. You need this one, I feel like, for, for a, a clean record. Because also because I think I'm like one for four in my last five or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you started to go downhill right. later. Yeah, that's true. So I'm on, a hot, I'm on a cold streak right now. You're on a cold streak. You need to end this on a hot, on a hot note and play along at home, you guys. Go yard here. Again, quote me on that. Okay. 
Quote number one. Try this one on for size, you big hippie. Days confused? Don't guess yet. Oh, I thought I thought I'm supposed to guess. Oh, you're supposed to guess after one? Well, am I right? That's not correct. Okay. Whoa, not that way. You're going the wrong way. The battle's behind us. The battle's behind us. Don't worry, I got a lot for this one. All right, give me more. Okay, let's handle this thing logically. What exactly have you sworn? I have sworn with my life's blood, none shall pass this way without my permission. None shall pass. Oh, Labyrinth? Labyrinth. Yeah, of course. There you go, my friend. Yeah. Daisy confused. That was way off on that one. Jesus you Christ. You remember the babe. Yeah. What oh, babe? I mean, by that point, I mean, it would have been. <laughs> the babe with the power. What, what power? You didn't have to give a quote. Just be like, bulbous penis. And I would have been like, David Bowie, Labyrinth. <laughs> Done. Finished. That film's, we, we don't want to talk too much about this film because it's surely going to be a, oh, a topic. No one doubt. of Colin's great loves from his childhood. But that movie, inappropriate or not inappropriate? Um, I don't think the subject matter is inappropriate. I just think David Bowie's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Who no answer. one no one wanted to, no one had the audacity on that set to be like dude this is a children's movie were you gonna say that to David Bowie no but it's like what are you what it why are you wearing this can't we do something about this give him a tunic or something that like so no I don't think that the 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 only other inappropriate part of it I guess it's not inappropriate it's it's a kind of an unsettling movie when you think about it it's yeah. scary on on the part of Jennifer Connelly you know like that yes. she has to go through this adventure but also I guess in the castle when he's throwing the baby up in the air like really high it's obviously a fake baby <laughs> but it's like I love that whole scene I call my baby wow that was very good crying <laughs> hard as babe could cry what could I do? But you really loved that movie as a kid. I've seen that movie 5,000 times. <laughs> and you were, what age were you when you first started watching that movie? Colin? Probably like four, five, something and like that. And so there's something about it that you really liked. I mean, you have the puppets and it's, but it's not colorful. No, I really think it's the labyrinth and the architecture. Okay. I think it's the same reason why I loved Castlevania. Like it's, it's just, labyrinth made me want to build blocks like yeah, i used yeah, to put yeah. it on and like not even really pay attention to it you would just listen to it as background noise and build with your blocks. right like i was obsessed with this idea of these people being trapped in this labyrinth and this castle and this awesome architecture and the up down upside down staircase and all that kind of stuff yeah, and it's very good. the different you know the tunneling enemy and like i, I love david yeah Bowie. that thing's cool the david the designs are obviously exquisite in that you know it but is very like cool. Jennifer Connelly writing on the like her with her lipstick, like where she's going and then the little creatures coming out, like turning the squares around and stuff. That movie's incredibly. I don't know that I know many. I know the music. I don't know that I know too many of the quotes, the quotes, because it's been a while since I've seen it. I had it on DVD. It's probably been 15 years, maybe since I watched it all the way through. Wow, but I've seen that movie time. scores of times. I mean, I, like legit, I've seen that movie scores. Yeah, times. yeah. Most of the quote. You're right. Most of the quotes would be from the song lyrics. That would be the most memorable. Right. Because obviously it's David Bowie. That was that hit Jim Henson. Yes. Okay. So yeah, we'll do that as a topic. Nobody knew. <laughs> yeah, man, David. And again, I think I told you, Erin never saw that, which was unbelievable. Yeah. And I just can't get her to watch anything That's that I a weird want her one to, to watch miss at your age. Yeah, I don't know how she missed that one. Although she's a girl and she grew up with sisters. I don't know if that's necessarily, mm. but that mm. seemed like a kind of an asexual movie. Could go either way. Yeah. I definitely. mean, in fact, the protagonist is a girl. Yeah, that could, yeah, definitely. And she was so cool back then, Jennifer Connelly. I, I like her a lot. She, yeah, I think that movie could go either way to appeal to little boys or little girls at that in that era, for sure, of your guy's age group. Yeah, so I, I feel like that was the kind of an agnostic movie as far as gender is concerned. That's something we need to talk about with Goonies. I wonder how much that movie appealed to girls because there's 
less, you know, there's a lot less female characters. Yeah, there's it. The five, main goonies are yeah. all boys. Yeah, there are seven main characters apart from the Fratellis in that, and five of them are boys, two of them are girls, and one of them is really an inconsequential character. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I always felt like everything back then, unless you're playing, like, unless it's like, you know, Adventures in Babysitting or something, I feel like there's like, which is fine. Like, I'll watch anything 80s, so I don't really care, but it seemed like everything was kind of gender agnostic back then. When yeah. I really, maybe it's just from my perspective, but I always feel like, why wouldn't a girl, little girl Wisely. like this? Yeah. You know? Yeah, for most things, you're right. Like, yeah, why for- wouldn't a little, even Mighty Ducks and stuff, like late 80s, early 90s, like, why wouldn't a little girl like this? There are girls on the team, and it's not right. really about being a boy. No, absolutely. Even if you go back to like Bad News Bears, which mm. I'm obsessed with the first Bad News Bears movie, but there's even girl characters in that. You know, like the star, I forget her name, but the one who plays the star, she, you know, they get her to come and join as the pitcher, and she's right. really good. You know, she was a famous actress. I can't remember her name right now, but even dating back to Bad News Bears, that seemed like to have a universal appeal too. You know, Bad News Bears episode would be awesome. Well, that's up to you. If you want to put that on, you're going to pick Wave 8's topics. So it goes back to a little late, but because so, now we're going in the 70s, but that's, that's perfectly be, fine. We've done things fun. older than that, haven't we? We'll trying to think. Well, 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 a new hope we haven't done yet, but that would be 77. Yeah, we haven't done that one yet. And I had mom and mom talking about the 50s and 60s, but that was kind of that a was one cool. off. That was really cool. I wish I we could have gotten on the list that old, but I don't know if we really oh, we did the Twilight Zone. That's, Twilight Zone, there you go. That's like 57 or 58 to 62 or and something. And that was very early, yeah. And that was one of our very early episodes. Yes, so that was when we were really still figuring out what the show was. Yeah. No, I, I have no problem even going back to, like, I would love to do, I don't know how exciting it would be for the audience, but I'd love to do, do things even on books and poetry and stuff like Moby Dick and, you know, Catch-22 and, and yep. Vonnegut and stuff like A lot of that stuff goes back, Vonnegut's 20th century, but a lot of that stuff goes back a ways. I would have no problem doing that kind of right, stuff. Right, right, right. That'd be interesting. And how you could couple of maybe a few novels in there. Who knows? Yeah, there's a way we could do that, you know? All right. Do the New Testament? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like no, AP English. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Well, now it's getting real scholarly. Now. Sound and the Fury. Oh. The, the, but the Bible. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you want. Everything. There's Anything. The Bible and the Sound and the Fury are very similar, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last, this is a bittersweet moment for me. Last dad joke for now of knockback wave seven. Kyle, two goldfish in a tank. One says to the other, do you know how to drive this thing? (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of two goldfish in a tank. That's bad. That's bad stuff. Tanks are supposed to be hard to drive. I, I could imagine. Tank controls. Yeah, there you go. There you go. They make the tanks control badly to make it scarier, just like in Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> the Panzer divisions couldn't drive the tanks very well because they wanted to really up the ante. Yeah, I haven't played every RE game. Is that do you ever get to pilot a tank in any of them yet? No, I don't think so. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. That would be very meta. What was what they would say? They would call that <laughs> very meta. Capcom, give us a call. Dagan, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you all out there for supporting us and listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand. Doing so allows us to continue to do this show and other shows, including Fireside Chats, Sacred Symbols, and SideQuest. You can get early ad-free access to this show, the ability to submit your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas, and exclusive podcasts and other perks by supporting us over there. If you don't want to and you want to freeload instead, we're fine with that. Support (laughs) us on free feeds. Leave us nice reviews. Tell your friends and family about the show. And we'll see you next time. Thank you again. Goodbye. Collins Last Stand Knockback is fan-supported over at patreon.com slash Stand. The following names are at the producer level or higher on Patreon, and I want to thank you from the very bottom of my heart for your incredible kindness and generosity.
Carlos Algarit, Eric Alley, C.J. Anderson, George Anthony Nunez, Morgan Ashley, Sean Battershaw, Martin Beck, Michael Betts, Eric Bishop, Mark Boggio, Eli Bosford, Barrett Boswell, Spencer Brand, Miguel Brewer, Lennon Brixey, Matthew Brousseau, Josh Bushing, Austin Bullock, Andrew Burkhart, Dylan Burns, Chris Buston, Alex Cabrera, Brian Cacciatolo, Will Caldwell, Patrick Harper, William O'Carroll, Ryan Caulfield, Brian Chan, Travis Chandler, Sean Chandler, David Chestnut, Simon Conception Jr., Brad Cooley, Gio Corsi, Cutter Crow, Nick Cummings, Daniel Diamore, Colin Davenport, Daniel Delanikos, Mitchell Durkash, Knight Draft, David Ellis, Martha Emery, Joe Finelli, Eric Finkenbeiner, Candler Four, Fodios Frangos, Michael Gallier, Chris Galvin, Connor Gassian, Alex Gates, Michael Gates, Salem Gotham Algonham, Toothless Gibbon, Daniel Glassford, Tyler Goodwin, Josh Gravelick, Miranda Grubba, Tyler Harris, Kyle Hagel, Wyatt Henry, Asa Haas, Azan Isa El Josh Yeager, John Jameson, Joshua Jonathan, Greg Julefs, NK, Jeremy Key, James Kinslow III, Ryan R. Kittredge, Jackson Lastiqua, Donald Laws, Joe Lawson, Don Q. Lee, Patrick Leslie, Dustin Lewis, Keith Adrian Lewis, Chad Lewis, Lou and Ray Loper, Elijah Lopez, Colin Love, Josh M, Ryan T. Mandel, Peter Mark, Michael Martinez, Sean Mason, Zachariah McAdoo, John McCarthy, Joe McPartland, Dennis Meinchin, Andrew Mendoza, Christopher Midling, Albert Miranda, Patrick Malloy, Betty Ann Moriarty, Abe Mukhtar, Ryan Murdoch, Brian Nietzsche, Adam Nix, Donnie Nolan, Brian Ott, Jorge Palomino, Todd Paxton, Brendan Peavy, Marius S. Peterson, Enrique Perez, Nicholas Perfect, James Perrone, Eric A. Peterson, Jason Pettit, Jeff Pollard, Louis Powell, Lawrence F. Prokop, Ryan Reeves, Michael Renner, Peter Renner, Shane Rayum, Jonathan Rice, Mark Richardson, Toby D. Riemenschneider, Petro Rose, A.G. Rowe, John Scholes, Chris Schaefer, Michael Shanholtz, Brandon Sharkey, Toby Schutman, Glennon Cole Simper, Joshua Smallwood, Andrew Smith, Daniel Strycharsk, John Temanillo, Ahmad Tamar, Joseph Thayer, Ben Thompson, Carl Tolman, Tam Tran, Alan Tremblay, Raymond Joshua Vargas, Michael Vecchio, Oakley Waldron, Justin Wagaman, Isaac Wastman, Damon Weathers, Mike Wayant, Corey Wyatt, Tony Zaniga, Hugo's Desk, Casual Misfits Gaming, Supershot ST, Throw 7, Infinite, Homeworld Hub, Mad Mock Media, Fabian, Mubarak, Richter86, That Rescue Guy, Andrew, Ian, Chris, Donk2015, and Gavin.